Hello everyone, Editing Brad here, just coming to you before the start of the episode just to let you know I apologize beforehand for my audio quality during this episode. It was recorded while I was still in the process of moving, so it's going to be a little bit lesser than usual. However, as you can tell by this, I have everything set up and good to go. So for next week's episode of Kiki's Delivery Service, everything will be fine again, but yeah, Thank y'all for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Bye-bye. Welcome or welcome back to the podcast. My name is Blue. I remember the intro, and this is my co-host. I'm Brad. And also, yeah, yeah you remembered. Yeah. I'm so proud. I remembered. <laughs> uh, kind of. This is B&B Anime. I forgot to say the name of the podcast. <laughs> cut. Cut. Take 37. Let's retry, go. Retry. <laughs> retry. Welcome or welcome no, back to no, B&B retry. Anime. This is live. This is live. This is live. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeez. I'm never going to live this down, am I? Nope. Nope. You see, I forget your name, but you screwed up. What is this? 37 times in a row? I, no, I think three. it might be. I think it might be 37 times in a row, despite the fact that this is our eighth podcast. Funny that, isn't it? It is. Uh, <laughs> we've lost a lot. We lost Mainly my mind. We've lost my mind a lot. That's that's what's happening. Did you ever have a mind to start with? <laughs> mm, you see, I would say I did at some point, but then I met you and it just went out the window. Just went out the window. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to just blame you. <laughs> just blame it's me? That's fine. That's fine. Because I never had a mind to begin with. Uh, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> Make a good bet. <laughs> it works. That's the whole purpose of the podcast. Uh, uh, mind you, we could do better. Uh, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such fun jokes. All the fun jokes. <laughs> All the puns. Oh, uh, this is wonderful. Hi. This hi. Week we're discussing Rascal Does Not... What is it again? Rascal, Rascal does, does not, not dream. dream. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Uh, and we'll be getting right into that after we have a bit of a, a chit chat, catch up with the news of the anime worlds. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So chit chat. Have you been this week? Have you done anything fun? Are are you still saving the world day by day? I am saving the world. You know, I am that superhero that you read about in the news always. Um, <laughs> you are Mask Senpai, right? Is that's that it? that's me. Secret identity ah, exposed. Um, <laughs> the worst superhero that just goes around and tells everyone who they are. That's me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I've had a pretty decent week. Got um, quite a bit of work done, which is always nice. Uh, got some secret projects in the works. Ooh, secrets. So secrets. secret that I don't know about them. She's hiding things from me. Uh, I, I'm, me. I'm hiding a few things, but like the, those, those kids, like there'll be fun surprises at some point. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Uh, but I finished uh, another sketch yesterday, which was super fun. I did my first art stream, which was super exciting because I wasn't originally ever planning on doing an art stream. I was planning on keeping my streams pretty much specifically um gaming uh Mm -hmm. but i've had quite a few requests for them over the time and i've always just kind of brushed them off and yesterday i was like sat down to stream and i just really 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 didn't want to game for some reason just was having a day where i was like i i don't want to um and i had this half finished 
sketch um, that I was planning on getting done yesterday anyway, so I was like, well, you know, sod it, we'll give it a shot. Um, it turns out everyone seemed to really enjoy it, so uh, I, I think that may become something that I do more frequently in the future. I don't know, I can't promise that it's going to happen super frequently because, uh, yeah, it was a pain in the ass to set up the cameras <laughs> and stuff. I um, don't doubt that at all. However, it turned out really well. Like, you did a phenomenal job. Oh, and especially you. doing that, like, in front of a live audience, too. Like, I'm sure that had to be nerve-wracking, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've never, I've never taken any kind of like formal art lessons other than, you know, casually in high school and even then I passed grade 10 art with a 53%. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I never really did much like art study. Um, so everything that I've taught, everything that I know, I've taught myself. And, uh, I actually ended up getting a few really cool tips on stream from, um, some of the artists in chat. Um, and that was fun. I, I learned some some new tips and tricks, and um, yeah, I did well, enjoy it. I enjoyed it. It was fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad. And yeah, mm -hmm. it did turn out extremely well. So good Thank on you. you Thank that's, you. That's definitely not something I could do. Uh uh. Yeah. I, well, I've been trying to talk you into doing an art stream, but you're always feeling the same way as me on it. But maybe one day. Maybe one day it'll be one. Maybe one day. I've mm -hmm. been thinking about it because since we have kind of discussed taking like short. Uh, skits from the podcast and trying to turn it into animations. I've thought about trying to look into getting a drawing tablet because my mm. iPad and like doing it on my PC doesn't work since I don't have a Mac. Right. So it wouldn't be seamless or anything like that. So I need to need to get a drawing tablet and like try to figure out how to get that mixed in with Illustrator, or whatever damn mm -hmm. program I need to use to actually do it and get that to work. So. I don't know. Could mm -hmm. happen in the future. Could not. Could not. Well, what yeah. If you say, Brad does, Brad doesn't understand how to do things. <laughs> but yeah, no, you do some really cool digital art, and I really, really enjoy it because your style of art is so different from mine. I think that's why um, we both kind of get a little bit fascinated with each other's art forms because, like, I'm legitimately like a pencil and piece of paper sketch artist, whereas you are a digital technology, like all modern in your art. And um, not only that, like my sketch artist artistry is like I'm realism and you're definitely more like animated cartoon vibes. Um, yeah, so we're very different in our art styles. Um, and I would love, I'd be very, very interested to, to see you stream um, because yeah, I have no idea how any of that works or um, uh, how you do it at all. <laughs> like I have no clue. So it'd be super interesting to see. So my secret is whenever I was younger, I used to trace a lot and it mm. used to be a lot of anime figures. And mm. so I kind of learned how to do the lines and everything else. However, doing things digitally is phenomenal because mm. the lines will set themselves and kind of even themselves out to where I don't have to make my lines look shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So that is my secret. My lines are done for me. I mean, I have to actually draw them, but yeah. if I draw it out and then hold it, it'll straighten it out, or if it's curved, it'll like, it. flatten it out curved. Yeah. Most of the time, sometimes <laughs> it gets real screwy, and it either <laughs> won't pick up the curve, or I'll do it in a manner to where it kind of acts up, and it'll make it go into a straight line, and I'm just like, ah, I'm going to throw the iPad, but I can't because it costs money. Yeah, yeah. See, with my, my style of art, what I do... Um, there's like no lines. Like it's it's a big thing to say. Like there's no lines in realism because you want everything to kind of like 
fade in from shadows from one thing to another just through like um light changes uh because if you have like a harsh line then that's like an outline of something and like when you're looking at like a bird in real life it doesn't have an outline so like yeah you're with realism your whole thing is that there should be no outlines to anything unless something actually does have an outline in which case that would be really weird but yeah (laughs) which and yeah that's completely different with what i do because Mm -hmm. it is very anime with a lot of things so there are outlines and everything Mm -hmm. is there yeah so to add depth and everything else you have to just learn how to shade and shading and coloring is my favorite part about anything like Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna lie with you i hate drawing stuff yeah like it's tedious it takes forever but the coloring and shading and like figuring out where the lines are or like where the light source is and figuring out what needs to be shaded where and like where the wrinkles and the clothes are like that is a lot of fun it's like a really fun mystery that i have no clue what i'm gonna do until it's drawn and i'm like okay go (laughs) (laughs) nice nice yeah so but yeah peek into my brain of not liking to draw but shading and coloring it's my thing i love it (laughs) (laughs) but what else have you been up to um, so outside of that, working a lot, finally got my setup pieced together. So trying to figure out how I'm going to manage streaming in with my social life and everything else, but mm-hmm. still haven't managed to piece that together yet. So I don't know. We'll, we'll simple. It it's out. simple. You just be like me and don't have a social life. I mean, you know what? You're right. But wait, what is <laughs> this? Is this, is this your social activity? Is that what this is? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Podcasts and streams count as my social activity because I don't have any friends. I I don't count as a friend. Uh, You do count as a friend, but you're also kind of a colleague in a weird kind of way because... Where's my purple plush? I need to to go... I I need something to hug. I feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any in-person friends. Literally all of my friends are digital friends. Because even my, like, in-person friends that I've known since high school, they emigrated. Emigrated? They didn't emigrate. They moved. I'm sorry. It's it's my emigration brain kicking in. They moved from... Well, they kind of emigrated. If you consider the fact that Canada is the second largest country in the world, and they moved from one side of Canada to literally the other side of Canada, they basically emigrated. Um, I mean, like, isn't Canada split into, like, four province, provinces with, like, Quebec, Alberta, and whatever the hell the other two are? Four. Yeah, we'll go with four. Um, there are four provinces in Canada. What, was that right? Did I hit the nail on the head? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you got BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and, and all of the rest. Yeah. There's more. <laughs> There's more? What about the Yukon? Anybody heard of the Yukon? The Northwest Territories? What are those? Ooh, Nova Scotia. Hi, Nova Scotia. <laughs> That just goes to show that I might have failed geography. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Back to how we were talking about schooling before we started this it's podcast. Okay. If you ask me to discuss any kind of U.S. geography, I, I like I know where Alaska is. I got that one. Uh, yeah, because you can see that from your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not um, sorry. <laughs> Uh, I got Alaska. I could probably do Florida because that one kind of like sticks out a little bit. Texas. Um, I'm assuming. I could, yeah, Texas is the one that kind of looks like a, a Dorito <laughs> with a square top. <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's like a Dorito with um, a stem. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a Dorito plant leaf. <laughs> oh, and now I want to redraw all the maps. <laughs> uh, uh, I can really. I don't know. Oh, I know where um, uh, Washington is because that's below uh, BC, and I know where Manitoba, uh, Man- Manitoba, uh, Montana is because that's below Alberta. Um, and I could probably place Michigan because it's around by the Great Lakes. Yeah, it's like sandwiched in between them. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, that's about it. Yeah. Those are the, like, I know more than that, but where they are, I have no clue. I, I take it that North Carolina is above South Carolina, but like, where? I'm not sure. I don't know what gave that one away. <laughs> Just like North Dakota and South Dakota. I wonder which one is which. <laughs> If your name's Dakota, is your head North Dakota and your feet South Dakota? I need to call Dakota right now and ask him. (laughs) (laughs) If he wouldn't ask me what the hell I'm doing, if I were to call him, I probably would. (laughs) But then, outside of that, okay, so there was a... So I had a dream this week, and I had to save it till the podcast to talk about it oh. and the reason oh. why is because it reminded me of a little anime called no game no life i don't know if you've seen mm. it i've seen bits and pieces it's a really good anime i really like the art style of it the way it's colored is just oh it's so good it's so different and out there but i love it so much anyway okay so here's the dream so i was in my grandmother's house and it was me my cousin walker and two people who I don't know if I've met them. I can't tell you their names. Like, it might have been people I passed on the street. I don't know. Anyway, so we're all in the living room, sitting down, watching TV or something. And so a couple days before this happened, by the way, we had tornadoes tear through the U.S. So it tore through Tennessee, Georgia, all of that. And so I guess for some reason it decided to stick in my mind. Anyway, Mm. so come the dream so we're all sitting there and then we get a tornado warning on our phone and no sooner do we get it like my truck that is outside like parked out front gets just slammed through the front of mm. through the front of the house so we all go we all pile into the back closet and we're all just sitting there and then suddenly like bright flash of light and then i'm seated in front of a giant chessboard Okay. And I'm playing So you went from The Wizard of Oz to Alice in Wonderland. A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) And so I'm playing chess against God. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I I know. Casual opponent. Yeah, just real cash, okay? (laughs) And And so he tells me, he's like, if you win, I will return everything back to normal. So I was like, all right, you know, just puts fingers together and cracks knuckles, like, here we go. (laughs) And so we play what is probably the longest game of chess on record. Like, it feels like it took hours. (laughs) And finally, like, I barely managed to scrape out a win. Like, it was was something. And the only reason I did is because I got my pawn all the way across the board got it into a queen anyway. Chess stuff, nonsense, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to bore you with the details. Anyway. So, I win. Night to be full. (laughs) Harry Potter. (laughs) Harry Potter. Harry Potter. (laughs) 
Harry Potter must not return the chessboard. <laughs> My English impression sucks. <laughs> I was going to say, you sounded kind of Indian, but we'll go with it. <laughs> anyway, so I win. We're all teleported. Or, we're all... I was the only one playing against God. Nobody else got to. The weight of what was going on inside this house was on my shoulders. I don't know what else happened to the rest of the world while that was going on anyway. So, I get teleported back to the real world, and we come out of the closet, and everything is fine. Like, everything was literally back to normal. House wasn't destroyed. My truck wasn't trying to kiss the interior walls. Like, none of it. Love that. Like, none of it. Like, everything is back to normal. So, I'm like, you know, just because it involves chess and playing against God, it reminded me of No Game, No Life. So I'm like, you know what? It's got to be told on the podcast. It's got to be on the podcast. It's got to be told on the podcast. Yeah. I was just playing chess against God, just cash. And like, here's the thing. Like, I vividly remember everything else that went on in the dream. Like, mm. the two women that were here with me and Walker, whenever it got flung through it, like, I remember their faces. I remember everything. All I remember about God was that he was wearing a suit. <laughs> like, I don't remember his face. <laughs> like, that was blurry. So what you're saying is it wasn't God, it was just Slenderman. Either that or James Bond, but not Sean Connery. <laughs> like, it, it could have been all of them pushed together. So, I don't know. <laughs> But, like, I can remember everything except for God's face. You'll know if it was Sean Connery because you'd see his chest hair poking through the the shirt he was wearing. (laughs) And would probably be shouting something about being an Egyptian. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so that's been been my weekend review, including Dream. Because, you know, Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girls. I don't know. Anyway... Anime. Have you watched anything? <laughs> anime? Oh, wait. Have you read any manga? What? Um, I was just going to say um, that you may or may not notice that um, we are still not covering uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. We will get there, I promise, I promise, I promise. Um, it's just that America is stupid and doesn't have uh, Ghibli movies available on like Netflix and stuff. So, um, yeah, our brattle duty dandy, who is currently in America, is, is struggling to uh, try and find a copy. Uh, but as soon as we do get uh, that to him, then, yeah, we'll be... We will be covering that. So my setup is finally together. My VPN is bought and paid for. I'm ready to watch it. Ready to watch. So whenever you're ready, as long as it's before my free trial (laughs) runs out of my VPN. (laughs) So next week then? Yes, next week I'm down. And then you can pick the episode after that. (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds good. Yatta! Yatta! But yeah, so anime, manga, have you done any reading? Have you done any watching? If you watch sub, then you're going to be reading and watching. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I didn't think about that. Uh, (laughs) uh, Actually, no, I haven't uh, consumed much anime or manga recently, uh, other than uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. I was not expecting to get as absorbed as I did. Um, and, 
Uh, but I yeah. told you, like, if you look at the title, and you're, <laughs> like, I guarantee you, whenever I suggested that to you, I guarantee you what went through your head is, the fuck is wrong with Brad? <laughs> well, I just thought we were going to do another comedy. And then I was like, okay, well, we've done two comedy episodes in a row. Like, are we doing, and then you're like, no, it's not a comedy. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is it then? <laughs> like, if it's, <laughs> what, what? Rascal does not dream of Buddy Girl Senpai. What? Like, anytime I've it? talked about this anime to anyone, like, I always tell them, like, I swear, it's not what it sounds like. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she wears the Buddy Girl outfit, what, twice? Yeah, that's honestly, like, yeah. That's the only, like, it's only worn twice, and it's very, very minute amounts. Like, it's not, it's not focused on at all, but my goodness. <laughs> But yeah, I got completely absorbed in it, and um, yeah, before I knew it, uh, it was time to record the podcast, and I hadn't consumed anything else. So yeah, no, none for me. What about you? Um, so I got through that, mm-hmm. and then I've been absorbed in Kaguya-sama Love is War, mm. because that's a really good rom-com, and not right. gonna lie, that's probably gonna be my next pick for the podcast, because I think mm. you'll love it. <laughs> Nice. Like Nice, I will. It's a phenomenal watch. So basically the two main characters like each other, but like they right. refuse to confess to the other. And in fact, it's their mission to make the other confess to them. Oh, and it's, that's cute. I, it's and frustrating. Rom-com. I bet that would be frustrating. <laughs> you're just like, just admit it. Oh yeah, like the whole time you're like, y'all are being real baka right now. You're being real baka. But... The reason it's probably one of my favorite rom-coms is because the pink-haired girl, Chica, that you've had me send gifts of a lot, <laughs> probably one of my favorite female characters of anime, like, of oh, all fun. time. Like, she's hilarious. Like, she makes the show. It's so good. Nice. Yeah. You know what? I was just thinking, mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with sports anime, right? Mm-hmm. And we are yet to cover a sports anime. So I think my next pick, after Kiki's Delivery Service... Uh, I'm I'm fairly certain we're gonna be covering sports anime there, my dude. I'm down. I'm yeah. always down. Yeah, I'm just down and for anime uh, in general. So down for anime in general. Yeah, sports anime is like sports anime and slice of life are my two absolute favorite genres of anime ever because sports animates are usually slice of life uh unless you're watching like prince of tennis where everyone has freaking superpowers um or like um uh eye shield in the uh which is um an american football one which is the only reason why i know rules about american football is because of that anime because <laughs> um, i i didn't know nothing about american football who, who knows stuff about american football um um americans <laughs> Americans? Oh, that, okay. Uh, one thing that makes me laugh about America is your freaking like World Series, and it's just Americans. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh so hard. I'm just like, yeah, we got the one best baseball thing ever. Okay, so we've got statewide teams. <laughs> but you know what state doesn't have a team in the major league? Oh yeah, Tennessee. <laughs> Like, it's been talked about for ages to, like, bring a team to Nashville, and we still haven't gotten it. But we have an American football team, though. You bet your ass we got one of those. Wait, 
I don't think we have a basketball team either. <laughs> it's like it's like all American sports are just played in America and the rest of the world doesn't care. And it makes me laugh so hard because you're so hyped about it. Like the Super Bowl is like such a big thing for you. And the rest of the world's just like, what are you doing over there, America? Are you good? Like, are you good, fam? Like, Well, to be fair, we do, like, we got a lot more sports than the rest of the world. But, like, you don't have some of the world's biggest sports. Like, okay, so soccer or football, you've kind of caught on with now. You're up there in the World Cup when that's on. Like, you. Uh, we actually have a really decent soccer team. Yeah, like, you're the getting soccer them. team out of Atlanta, like, they are pretty damn good. Mm-hmm, you're but getting Outside them. of that, we don't have anything else on an international scale. Like, rugby or cricket are two of the world's biggest sports, and you don't have either of them. Like,. Like they we just do have rugby, but not at a professional level. Yeah, that's yeah. Like you, you, you don't compete, and I'm just like Americans are, are so like up there with like when the Olympics come around, you're like in it. You're like, yeah, these are our sports. Like, go athletes, we're so cool. Like, and it's awesome to see because like you're pushing your athletes so hard. But in some of the world's biggest sports, like internationally, you just kind of take a back seat, and that's always like kind of confused the rest of the world because you could absolutely be up there in rugby and cricket as one of the best teams because of your population size, your funding towards sports, like all of this kinds of stuff. If you put the foundations there, you could easily be up there in like top teams. You just don't have that foundation, and it's I don't know, it's kind of strange, I think, for the rest of the world who are so obsessed with these sports that just kind of look over at America and you've just got your whole own thing going on with sports that we don't know about. <laughs> well, okay, look, we're still the baby of the world. That's okay? true. But we, you're not as baby. catch on. I think, I think Canada's more of a baby than America, right? I don't know. Oh, come on, I just took my citizenship test. Remember. Um... <laughs> Shame. Shame on you. Yeah, I feel like Canada became an independent country after America did. Well, it's still part of the Commonwealth, but you know what I mean. Like, Canada was named a country after America was named a country. I don't know. Like, I, I know a lot about world history. I know absolutely nothing about Canada outside of I know Rude. you. And I know Letterkenny. That's about it. <laughs> Learn about thy brethren. We are the north of you. But I mean... But I don't know about you, so it's cool. <laughs> That's okay. I forget your name. So, you know, it That's happens. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, news. Where where did my news tab go? There's my news tab. Okay. I'm trying to be more professional now. <laughs> trying to be the professional. Okay. So, news for the week. Mm. The Devil is a Part-Timer light novel series is going to end on its 21st volume this summer. Oh, okay. So, have you seen The Devil is a Part-Timer? Uh, I I can't remember if I've seen it or if I've read the manga, but I've consumed it in some form. It's great. The manga's great. I love it. <laughs> Just thinking of the devil working at McDonald's humors <laughs> me to no end. <laughs> yeah. it, it's such a phenomenal concept. He's like, I am this all-powerful person, but I have to work a minimum wage job. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know. It's great. But I'm so upset that we haven't got a second season. Like, the manga is going to hit its 21st volume. Mm. We've got one season. 
Like, Need more. I've been begging for a second season of this for ages. Like, uh, I just want it. <laughs> I want it. I want the second season. Who knows, though? We might get it one day. We might not. Mm. I don't know. But second piece of news, but although they kind of, like, tie in with the second and third piece anyway, Netflix is going to start streaming One Piece on June 12th. Oh, so, okay, then. but here's the curious part about that. I wonder if Netflix is going to pull the Netflix and only keep, like, 25 episodes. Yeah, I was going to think about that. Are they going to start from, like, the beginning, or are they going to go from halfway through? Well, the thing about it is, is Netflix doesn't simulcast. Yeah. So, well, they simulcast everywhere except for the U.S., so, like, Violet Evergarden, whenever it was coming out, y'all could watch it week to week. Whereas for us, we had to wait for all 12 episodes to be finished. Yeah. Plus longer. Yeah. So dumb. I'm so glad I have a VPN now. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. I haven't read into it, but I'm just like, mm, you know what? I don't know if they're gonna, I don't know if their surfers can handle all 1,000 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. It could. It could I'm not. still mad at Netflix because uh, I was uh, so I was talking about stuff that I was consuming on on Netflix on the stream the other day, and I was saying, oh, I've been watching this cool British show about the Bletchley Circle during World War Two, which is just basically a group of uh, women who were code breakers during the Second World War when all of the men were off doing other things and they were like kept under the Official Secrets Act for many, many years. Um, and it was only like in like the 80s or something when it was all revealed. Um, and these women had then like gotten married and had kids and like all this kind of stuff and were in their like uh, getting to their elderly age and um, they had never disclosed anything because they'd signed the Official Secrets Act. You know, if they had said anything, they would have gone to jail uh, for life. Mm -hmm. So they kept this all secret from their husbands, from their kids, from everybody. And then all of a sudden it was like fully disclosed about the Bletchley Circle. Really cool part of history if you guys are interested in that kind of stuff. But they did this um, uh, British TV series about some of the women from, who were working in the Bletchley Circle and the co-breaking co thing that went to go and um, solve a couple like murder mysteries afterwards. And it was just like this group of women going around and basically kind of Sherlock Holmesing it, but as co-breakers. Um, and it was a really cool series. And I got through season one, which is three episodes of about each or about an hour long. I think it's just called The Bletchley Circle. Hmm. Um, and uh, I was about to watch the second season. And I just told everyone on stream that it was super awesome and they should go onto Netflix and check it out. Um, and I watched the first episode of the second season. And then I go back to Netflix to check it out. And they've taken it off of Netflix halfway through the second season. And I can't find it anywhere. And like, yeah, it was, I think it's a ITV show, not BBC in the UK, but I'm not sure. I think it's ITV. Um, and yeah, and I can't find it anywhere else in, on a Canadian site to see. Um, and I'm like one episode into the second season and uh, I'm so mad at Netflix. I'm like, I just told everyone on my stream to go check it out and then you take it off. How rude. Well, boo. Well, boo. That's not fun at all. Way no. to go, so, Netflix. Yeah. Way to be a bunch of jerks. I know. <laughs> I'm like, couldn't they have watched my stream and known? Like, seriously, they should pay attention to my streams. I'm important, okay? Yes, <laughs> Blue is so important. Watch our streams. <laughs> <laughs> Twitch.tv forward slash blue lavender. <coughs> with ooh, an it's a. like a plug. With an A. Blue lavender. Because it I am is. not the ender. <laughs> um. <laughs> 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 what 
aren't you home? Shh. <laughs> You're ruining the illusion. Okay, fine. fine. I built this studio for us, damn it. I built this studio. I built this studio rock and roll. Beautiful. No? I love it. Okay, thanks. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> And then Netflix will also start streaming Avatar The Last Airbender on May 15th. Yeah, for you Americans, it's already been on Netflix in Canada for like four years already. I watched it through like five times. Baka. <laughs> I have actually not seen Avatar. You've not seen... <gasps> Change that. I planned on it at some point. Seriously, it's Future really good. podcast episode idea. We should probably yeah, cover it's that. I technically mean, not animated, but it's really make, good. You know, the way they did it, because I've seen like clips of the show and everything, even it's, though it's not anime, I think it's it pretty much anime. Yeah, like that's Yeah. It is a it's kind of a debate as to whether or not it is anime, but because yeah, it was I think a lot of people that worked on it had previously worked in anime. Um and yeah, it's it's very close to anime, it's just not Japanese. Um and I can't remember who produce it nickelodeon nickelodeon yeah but like uh, it's really good it's genuinely really good and that's what i've heard so i haven't seen you should watch that i haven't seen the second one though about um ang's kid cora i think um but oh that's right they did do a spin-off yeah i haven't seen that one legend of cora or something like that yeah yeah apparently that one's not as good according to my uh, two best friends from high school um they don't like the that one but other people have said that it's good um, so yeah, but they told me not to watch it because it would ruin the first one for me and they know my watch tastes. So I've just kind of taken that recommendation and not watched it. But if you guys, thanks, guys. yeah, <laughs> thanks guys. But if, um, if a lot of people say that it is good, then maybe I'll check it out. Hmm. I, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check out Avatar at some point. Yeah. And then, so Sunrise Studio is opening a background animation school in 2021. Oh, and we all know Sunrise Studio. We talked about something they did two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Cowboy Bebop, Gundam, Gintama, The Daily Lives of High School Boys, you know, all that fun all stuff. All that fun stuff. But yeah, the fact that they're opening a background animation school, like, that's legit. That is legit. That's super legit. I wonder if I can attend. I'd like to go. I'd like to learn how to do background. I would also, I'd love to go. I can do realism. <laughs> Which I feel like with your realism abilities, though, like, I feel like you would excel with background animation, though. I I really want to give it a shot. Like, it's one thing that I definitely want to try, but I've never done any kind of digital art. So, yeah, because I've always wanted to try, like, doing the background stuff for, like, um, manga. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I can't, I can't do any of the, like, important <laughs> details of, like, the main <laughs> characters or anything. That is so not my, like, area of expertise. But, like, I used to do um, cityscapes when I was in high school. Um, mm-hmm. And those were super, super fun to do to, like, find a pinpoint perspective and then, like, draw down a street. So it's, like, everything going to this tiny little pinpoint. Um, and that was – I used to enjoy that so much um, because that's just, like, getting a ruler and, and – going ham and yeah i know it was great fun so i would be super down to to do something like that so if if uh, they accept international students then i'd love to go let's do it let's do it but however what i'm hearing is is that all we need to do is find somebody to draw the characters i'll do all the shading and coloring and you can do the background work and then boom we have storyboards sounds good whatever we need to do yeah sounds good (laughs) ever And for the last piece of news, I, well, if I could find my phone that has all the pictures on it. Oh, shit. 
So, I have a list of all of the delays so far for all of the animes. Ooh. Although, I did take these about two or three days ago, so that could have changed between now and then. However, for shows, we have... And these are all subbed, by the way, so I'll get to the dub in a minute. Okay. So, you have SAO Part 2, ReZero, the second season. Mm-hmm. Idolish Second Beat, Food Wars, No Guns Life, My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu, Ha Tina, I don't know, I can't pronounce that, Diary of Our Days at the Breakwater, Pokemon, and that's one thing that kind of shocked me, like, for all the things to get pushed back, Pokemon being one of them, like, that's a surprise. Yeah. Because as long as Pokemon has been around and been out, like, I think this is the first time, like, anything like that's ever happened to it. So that one was a shock, but so was One Piece, because One Piece has also been delayed. Mm-hmm, yeah. Then outside of that, Boruto has been delayed. The Fate Stay Night film has been delayed, given. Right. Um, Evangelion. Right. The Bits film got delayed. Mm-hmm. Detective Conan, Violet Evergarden, Doraemon, which I, I have no clue. I've heard it was Doraemon, good, but yeah. know nothing about that. And then... Crunchyroll has also released a list of, uh, shit, oh, conventions <laughs> that have been delayed as well. A list of shit that's been delayed. <laughs> this whole list of shit, all of them. You can find all of that at crunchyroll.com slash wherever the fuck they posted the damn you, delays. You good, fam? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm tired. I walked a lot today. Oh. <laughs> And then, as far as English dubs that have been delayed, so all of the simul dubs that Funimation had planned mm-hmm. for spring have been delayed. And then some of the winter simul dubs that have been delayed, Bofori has been delayed from episode 9 on, mm-hmm. Smile Down the Runway, Darwin's Game, and then, of course, SAO, since it's been completely delayed, then it's going to be delayed as well mm-hmm. for the dubs. So. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's a lot of delays. So much, and, yeah. But at least we finally have a comprehensive list on all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this autumn season because, obviously, autumn is, like, the biggest time when anime comes out anyway. Um, Like, if it's a big anime that's going to be dropping, it drops in the autumn, you know? Um, but this autumn, I mean, if all of this stuff from spring gets delayed until autumn, this autumn is going to be nuts for new anime that's released, unless they push back all of the autumn stuff as well and everything just gets pushed back a season. I mean, it would be smart to do that because it seems like a lot of the stuff that's getting delayed right now is getting pushed back to July. Right. So the so it's summer, a summer seems season. to be like it's going to be stacked. However, so if all that's getting delayed until then... It's like you said, does everything else from then get pushed back? Yeah. Or is the summer stuff all going to be running at the same time? Because you have to imagine the TV time slots are already set. Yeah, I was going to say for the... Because that, that didn't occur to me because we always watch everything online. But for the TV time slots, it's going to be kind of a, a, a fight for... I mean, the big studios are probably going to take all the big time slots because they can afford to pay the, the prices of that. But what are they going to fill in the meantime with? Like... Because Japanese TV, I'm assuming, is still going. So all of these slots that were originally held for these animes, are they just going to fill them in with reruns? Like, what's what's playing now? I, I have no clue, yeah. but you know who we can ask? Mm-hmm. 
we have a mutual friend that we can ask about this that's over there right now. That's true. We do. We Hi, mutual friend. You know who you are. <laughs> you do know who you are. <laughs> yes, we will have to uh, get in contact with her and, and see if she can figure it out. Yeah, because we need answers to this at this point because I'm very curious. Yeah, because, I'm super curious too. Yeah, because talking to me about Pokemon the other day and he was just like, you know, because he knows how everything is done. So mm-hmm. he's like, it's odd to see anime, because he was asking, like, if I had any idea about how, like, anime had its run schedule, and I'm like, I think they basically do it week to week. Mm. Like, they might have it all storyboarded out and everything, but I think a lot of the animations and stuff happen on a week to week basis. Because that's why, like, Dragon Ball Super, like, I'll have to send you some of the clips, because some of the early stuff from, like, the first 30 episodes, mm-hmm. like, at that time, they were all being done with, like, a different animation studio every week. Because right, they yeah. could not keep up with the workload. And so mm-hmm. some of the animation quality, like, it was some really bad dips. Like, it was yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very interesting because normally the only kind of, like, week-to-week thing that you have is when it's, like, a live show. You know, like, in, in North America and in, in kind of this, like, the Western world, it's um, the, only, the only thing that's week-to-week is, like, late-night shows or... But even then, like... Some late night shows pre-record months in advance and then show them out. It's only ones that are up, like that do like current event news and stuff that film them week to week. It's very interesting that they do, because uh, you'd never see that with like SpongeBob or something, you know? Yeah, like that stuff. Like you'd have to think, especially since it's done in seasons. Like at least American yeah, stuff, like it's, it's all pre-done, like weeks and weeks, if not months in advance. Except for I think South Park, because South Park is like very up to date yeah. with its current events. But outside of that, like like all of that's done well before. So that yeah. I don't know. It's interesting though. It is very interesting. I need answers. Like I really need to like talk to somebody in the Japanese anime industry and just be like, all right, explain everything. Because I Yeah, yeah, know. I'm super curious too. Yeah, when I'm over there I'll have to see if uh, I know they've got quite a lot of like um animation museums and stuff. I'll have to see if I can go there and, and maybe learn some things and we'll see. Yes, teach me all the things. Because you'll yeah. know all the things. You will officially will. be anime senpai. Since I think we're right about even right now on total time watched. I yeah, I think we probably are. Um although if I make you watch Prince of Tennis, then uh, you'll definitely have me beat. Because well, I would assume <laughs> that's you would be rewatching point. it all with me. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, probably. Although I've I've watched it twice through and done a full detailed report on it the last time I watched it. Um, so we'll see. But I probably yeah, that's not going to be uh, for the next uh, for the first sports anime that we cover. This one is not going to be Prince of Tennis because oh my god, so, so many there's going to be like a month delay in between podcasts. And no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to pre-record a lot. So whenever that happens, if there's not news, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely be pre-recording when I'm in Japan, and I'm going to be in Japan for three weeks, so there's going to be a bit of a break um, for news then. But my Japanese trip is still kind of up in the air right now. Uh, I am going in the middle of July, so uh, yeah, I'm just waiting to see what the airlines say, what the world says, what everything looks like. Then I've I've still got some time, but you know, I hope you're we'll able see. to go because I'm like I know it's always been your dream to go, just like it's always been mine to go mm-hmm. as well so mm-hmm. i know that would be that would suck it would suck but um i mean it's not going to stop me from going it would just postpone it you know oh, yeah and of course health and safety of the world and everybody else is kind of first 
in all this. By the way, everybody stay safe, please. I realize we've been saying yeah. that for just about every episode that we've had so far. Please stay safe. Yeah. Stay healthy. Uh, especially right now. A lot of people are going back to work and, and going out and, and interacting with people again. Social distancing is kind of relaxing and we're not over it yet. So stay at home if you can. Um, if you're not a, a, a critical worker, what are they? A, a Essential. Essential. Thank you. Um, if you're not an essential worker um, and you're not on a grocery run, please stay at home. I know that it's now warming up a bit and looks like summer and all fun times, but yeah, we're not over it yet. So um, yeah. But anyways, any more news? Mm, no, that was it. No? I just figured I'd end with like the total list of delays because that would mm. take a minute. So yeah, that's well, kind of all I got about news. So mm. you know what that means. Ding, 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 ding. Time to yeah. talk about the topic you talk about the topic so what about the, the studio of the topic what's all that about so the studio that did this one is cloverworks which Ooh. okay so cloverworks mm-hmm. i like to talk about the studio i like to talk about the studio what about studio darling in the Bronx. <laughs> oh that's why Darling that in is... the Bronx is such a good anime that that is uh, there mm-hmm uh, I <laughs> I can't say enough about it. Darling in the Bronx is amazing. Minus yeah. the last episode. That last episode pissed me off. <laughs> but for the first 22 episodes, it's a beautifully done anime. Mm-hmm. So phenomenal. I love it. It definitely gave me probably my favorite female anime character of all time. I have the statue somewhere in a box because I'm still living out of boxes. <laughs> but yeah, like it is wonderful. I can't speak highly enough about it. Besides episode 23. Because in my opinion, it's a cop-out. <laughs> Everybody else that I've talked to about it actually seemed to like it. So I'm just the oddball out here. So sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> but outside of that, they've also done the Persona 5 anime. Mm-hmm. The They did the final season of Fairy Tale, which doesn't ah. make a lot of sense to me as to why they would swap studios for the final season. But hey, that's up to them. Yeah. And then the standout show, in my opinion, of 2019, The Promised Neverland. Mm. I love The Promised Neverland. I realize I've probably said that at least once or twice since we started the podcast. Mm -hmm. But the way they animated emotion, and especially just the pure fear Mm -hmm. in that show, Mm -hmm. I've never seen facial expressions done as well as it was in that show. Like, that is, oh, it's so good. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Great anime. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I definitely have to add it to the to-watch list eventually. We've got such a big list. Uh, speaking of lists, if you guys want to recommend an anime, just smooth transition right there, uh, if you guys <laughs> want to recommend an anime for us to cover um, on this podcast, you can do so um, via the comment section on um, any of our um streaming site things um and also on all of our social medias our website has recently had a little bit of a glow up so uh if you want to go check that out at uh bnbanime.podbean.com um you can go find all of the links there to all of the different platforms that we stream the podcast on and all of our social media links are all there along with an archive of all of our previous episodes uh you can listen to them and download them right there um yeah it's uh it's a good way to find everything uh, is by heading on over to the website plus it looks pretty now it does it looks so pretty wait so pretty wait what? a second uh-huh. with that accent just now <laughs> are you throwing jabs at me 
No. <laughs> I am No, hurt. I, I wasn't throwing no jabs at you. Yeah, but how would you like it if I talk like this? <laughs> what the heck was that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you just say yeah, bud, and expect yeah, bud, yeah, bud? So English, you know. I know every single English person is just like ah, yeah, bud. I was going more Canadian. That was Canadian. We 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 have seen what happens when I try to do English. It does not turn out well at all. I I (laughs) don't. Oh. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, you're fantastic at accents, you know. You should just keep that up. Uh, I am. Uh, I have no words. I need to. I need to. Do, I need to do something with my life at this point. Anyway, so more about the background of the anime. Uh, yeah. So the manga was written by Hajime Komoshida and illustrated by Sugumi Nanamiya. And it ran from January 2016 to present, with a total of four volumes out so far. So there seems like they're doing about a volume a year, mm-hmm. kind of give or take. Although I know the mm-hmm. film just came out, and I still need to watch that. Yeah, I also need to watch it because, from my understanding, the film takes place like right after the show ends. And the show, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but it left me like dying for more. I know. I know, it took so much restraint not to watch it because I didn't want to watch it and then confuse what happened in the movie with what happened in the anime. So I didn't watch it specifically uh, this week, even though I have had the ability to. I was like, no, I'm going to wait, I'm going to hold off, I'm going to hold off, and I'm fairly certain that I'm watching it tonight. Um, I just really didn't want to get anything confused and blended together, so I I kept them separate. But yeah, I'm like itching to watch it. Yeah, like, I'm chomping at the bit too, but also I kind of held off on watching it because I'm like, you know what? Future podcast episode. We could (laughs) definitely do a future podcast episode on the movie. Because I, like, I really want to watch it but also i didn't want this episode to be five hours long (laughs) trying to cover 12 episodes plus a film (laughs) yeah 13 episodes you're right (laughs) (laughs) 13 episodes i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) get it right you (laughs) you whatever your name is Whenever your name is, go sit in the corner. I will. I made the cactus corner and I'll go sit at it. <laughs> and the uh, okay. anime was, like I said, it was done by Cloverworks and it was directed mm-hmm. by Shoichi Masui. And some other stuff that he has worked on is Scrapped Princess, Soccer Request, Chaika the Coffin Princess, Chaika the Coffin Princess, Avenging Battle. And Brotherhood Final Fantasy XV. And the anime ran originally from October 4th to December 27th, 2018. That's it. That's background info. That's the background info. Aha, we Um, did it. We did it. So uh, a brief rundown of the show before I chuck up the spoiler warning is, first of all, it's fantastic. Please go watch it. Um, <laughs> just getting that out of the way first, because I'm fairly certain we're going to say that five million times throughout this entire episode, as we do every single episode, because so far we haven't covered something that we didn't like. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically, um, we have your main character, um, Sakuta, who is a um, high schooler, 
And he um, is, uh, I don't know, he's just like an ordinary high schooler. He's got a bit of a bad reputation about him, though. Um, nobody in school likes him because he supposedly sent three people to the hospital the year prior. Um, no, two years beforehand. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he supposedly sent sent three three people to the hospital and so he's got a really bad reputation about him and nobody really interacts with him until one day he um is walking into a library when he sees um his senpai um my my i'm so bad names uh yeah my uh sakura jimmy and jima sakura jima Sure. Um, and uh, she's in the library and she is wearing a bunny girl costume. Um, yeah, so like picture like uh, the the tights, the red um, bodysuit and then the ears, the, the much more sensual version of the bunny girl costume. She's not wearing like a bunny onesie or whatever. Um, <laughs> And uh, and she's running up to people and running into their faces and stuff and they just don't see her they can't see her have no like visuals of her or whatever um, and it's basically about um her uh, him helping her with what's called as adolescence syndrome or puberty syndrome and um, halfway through the sub they change it they start off with it being adolescent syndrome and then towards like episode nine they stop calling it adolescent syndrome and they start calling it puberty syndrome so i think they had a different translator work on the sub um at least on the crunchyroll sub um I think, yeah, they had a different translator, so they changed it from adolescence to puberty syndrome, but it's the same thing. Um, and basically, like, he talks to her that she has this, and it's about the two of them developing a relationship together. It's also about Sakuto's younger sister. Um, Mai's younger sister actually uh, comes into it as well, and there are a bunch of other characters, and it's about the development of, of adolescent syndrome, which is basically when a teenager experiences some kind of uh, devastating emotional impact. Um, something kind of supernatural happens, um, whether or not that is, in Mai's case, where people can't see her, or you find out later about um, Sakata's case. Um, actually, quite early on, you find out about his case, but you find out more as it develops. I'm not going to talk about his. Um, you find out about his younger sister. You find out about, like, her younger sister ends up having... Um, things happen to her as well and it, it could be anything from um physical damage to uh body swapping to um disappearing from the world um all sorts of different things um duplication people like becoming like two of you um and yeah it's about uh helping solve the issues of the people that are experiencing adolescent syndrome because of their psychological happenings kind of get more dealt with than um circumstances change um and yeah so i think that's the best way i can describe it without spoiling anything did you have anything to add brad no no that's basically mm -hmm. a really good basically, summary huh? that we managed to get through without spoiling for the first time ever so great yeah. job <laughs> yeah um uh so i think that the art style and the music is kind of the art style and music, is, it's kind of middle of the road. I mean, they're nothing to write home about. I don't think that they're like... Well, you don't watch it for the art style and music. You watch it for the writing. The writing is fantastic. The voice acting is really good. Um, but yeah, just comments on the on the specifically art style and the music. It's it's not phenomenal. It's not anything that... It's not that it's not phenomenal. It's just that it's not special. <laughs> that sounds really bad. But it's like it's not 
notable you know it just it works for the anime it doesn't hinder the anime it does its job um and you don't notice it when you're watching it um but yeah i don't know i feel like it's it's not particularly different in any way to anything else what do you think it has its moments like there's a few shots where like it has moments of brilliance especially whenever it comes to the sea like some of the stuff that happens yeah. on the beach and some of the sunsets but outside of that mm-hmm. like there's like there's nothing to where you just look at it and you're just like you know that's beautiful and with the music like yeah. it doesn't necessarily add anything at any point it doesn't detract either mm-hmm. but yeah and so i mean i guess that's a good thing like you just don't yeah, you don't notice it. Yeah. yeah. One thing I will say is that um, throughout the um, anime, you do see bruising and cuts and scarring. Um, and in the bruising, a couple of times, I didn't see it necessarily as a bruise with the art style. It didn't look like a bruise to me. It looked like a burn or something. I don't know. It didn't look like a bruise. And it was kind of... But I think that could yeah, have been changed was... a little bit by the shading. Like it was a bit too red. I agree, yeah, and it got a little bit confusing for me then, because I was like, huh, what's that? And then it was like, oh, okay, that's what it was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one note that I did have. Um, but I will say that there is one moment in the anime um, that there is a specific noise effect um, that was incredibly impactful, not just to myself, but I scrolled down in the comments, and um, all of the comments on that that particular episode was that that um, specific sound effect was very, very impactful and freaky and uh, awesome in the sense that it, it did, like, do its job of, like, being, like, oh, bleh. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what needed to be at that moment. Um, so, yeah, the, the sound effects are good. I think, yeah, the, the, the sound people did well. The voice actors did a really good job. Uh, but, yeah, nothing to really write home about on the, the music or animation front. I agree. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. And I'm honestly curious whenever we're going over this to hear you talk about what you're talking about because I'm lost. Mm-hmm. You're lost? You don't know? Okay. I'm very well, lost. Yeah. Uh, well, let's pop up the spoiler warning then for all of you guys who uh, haven't seen the show. Please go watch it. Uh, then come on back and enjoy our discussion. Um, if uh, you enjoy spoilers, though, then go ahead and keep listening. Uh, but yeah, spoiler warning officially up. Enjoy your spoiler hat, because now it's time to get into it. Now it's time to get into it. Um, yeah, okay, so episode one uh, is just basically, uh, is called uh, My Senpai is a Bunny Girl. Um, and yeah, it's basically Sakata wakes up in his apartment on um, uh, May 6th, I think it is? The 29th of May. May 29th, sorry. And he reads the diary entry from May 6th. That's what it was. Yes. Uh, from, like, dating back to... Um, and uh, and he reads that he met a wild bunny girl that day. Um, and then it kind of flashes back to that day. Uh, but you don't see that it's a flashback. It just does it. And then later on, you make the connection that it was a flashback. But it seems like he read the, that entry and then that happened later. Mm. Uh, which I thought was really clever. Um, it was because it's like okay here's a clip of like why would he be reading this yeah but also like during that first little bit Mai's name is blurred out so you have no clue like what name is actually written there because Mm -hmm. all it says is everything that is written here is true yeah 
And so, yeah. and you need to read it completely and fully. Mm-hmm. And then it flashes back to like, quote unquote, current day. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and he, so he, uh, Sakata goes to the library um, and that's when he sees his senpai uh, and former child star, uh, my uh, running up to people in the sexy bunny girl costume, uh, but no one seems to notice her except for him. Um, she basically then just makes him promise that he's not going to tell anybody um, and leaves, and that's their basic interaction. Um, a few days later, he stops um, a fan from sneak picking her, so like taking a sneak photograph of her um, while she's in her school uniform because she goes to the same school as him, hence her being his senpai. Um, and uh, they end up getting talking some more, and Mai ends up re- uh, revealing that she um, did some research on Sakata and that um, she discovered that he- she basically discovered the hospital incident that he sent three guys to the hospital supposedly. And he asks her what like she thinks about it, and um, she's like, oh, "I don't believe that you actually did it because if you did it, you wouldn't be allowed at school." Um, and uh, they discuss the fact that he's been alienated at school because of this, um, and. Yeah, so he ends up taking Mai to his apartment and explains about his sister who um, had en- who his sister was cyberbullied um, so badly um, that she ended up isolating herself in the apartment. Doesn't really leave the house at all. Um, and uh, he also explains that one day she like walked into his bedroom and um, cuts and bruises just magically started like appearing on her skin out of nowhere. Um, and then uh, he woke up the next morning in the hospital himself um, with three long gashes across his chest that left a scar, um, which it stays throughout the entire anime. You see the scar. What did you think of the drawing of his scar? Because it's very similar to the art style of other scars from other shows. What do you think of the overall <laughs> like scar look in animes? So it's one of those things where it is very universal, but mm-hmm. on like... Specifically for this show, like, it's, I don't see how you could look at those and then, because they talk about it later in the show of, like, they try to say it was self-inflicted. Yeah. But you look at the size of those and you're just like... It looks like mm. a bear got him or something, yeah. Yeah, like, it looks like something just tore into him. I think, I don't know, because whenever you look at scars overall, like, they aren't, or like, in real life scars are just like very slightly miscolored Mm -hmm. if not even miscolored at all and they're just indentations in the skin Mm -hmm. whereas in anime they're vastly discolored and like there to i guess kind of draw attention Mm -hmm. to themselves Mm -hmm. so i don't know like in this case it was like like i said it was odd whenever they brought it up as a plot point of him being like yeah they thought it was self-inflicted and all this and yet like there's no way yeah Yeah, uh, I also did have a a problem later on in, I think it's the final episode with his scar, that if I remember, I'll I'll talk about it later, um, because we're not anywhere near there yet. But um, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about anime scars, um, because yeah, they do just look like a patch of discolored skin. They look like just a different skin color for a bit, Um, like you got vitiligo or something. Um, Yeah. I don't know how else they would do them, though, because obviously they have to be dramatic enough for you to immediately recognize what they are. Um, But they don't look like scars, in my opinion. Yeah, they really don't. Like, I've seen some Mm -hmm. shows do it, and it seems like... Okay, Food Wars, for instance, like the scar that's above Soma's eyebrow. Like, that's Mm -hmm. not... Like, 
it doesn't necessarily draw attention to it. It just seems like it's a part mm-hmm. of him. So in a case like that, where it's not like massively discolored, it's just kind of there, but no attention's brought to it or anything like that. Like that's fine. Mm-hmm. But then whenever, like you said, it's just like a massive patch of you know discolored skin. It's just like, mm-hmm. mm, nah, that's not very realistic. And especially in the show with like its overarching like lack of detail. Yeah. Like it's it's still a nice show. But the animation mm-hmm. isn't, like, very detailed in a lot of spots, mm-hmm. especially on the people. Like, it's very... Simplified. I don't wanna, yeah, like, it's not mm-hmm. minimal by any means, but it's just simple. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But in this case, it was just kind of, like, the scars are just kind of eh, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, is that it was such an important plot point um, that, like, it's not a scar, like in Food Wars, where it's, like, not even a thing, you know? Like, it's it's an important... Or even, yeah, it's it's... It's it's an important plot point. It's a it's a moment that is heavily discussed multiple times throughout the anime and shown, and it's a moment of trauma and impact that kind of you know has a reoccurring theme to it. You know, it's it's a, it's an integral part of the anime. Without the scar, it changes the anime. I think, in my opinion, it would have been better if they had put more detail into the artwork of it, um, because it is such an important plot point. In- important plot point if um it had like it had just been you know mentioned once at the beginning and then kind of left but it's just part of his character design then yeah okay maybe not such so important to make it you know uh heavily detailed because it just ends up becoming like a feature of him like his hair color or whatever it's just he has a scar but because it's such an important plot point i feel like they did it a service to themselves by not making it um artistically important because it is it's like in the storyline it's important so it should be just as important artistically and it wasn't mm-hmm. i i agree 100 percent. Mm-hmm. but anyway uh he then explains to mai about the idea of adolescent syndrome um and then uh, a little later on he works a part-time job at like a restaurant a diner kind of thing um and at the diner and uh, there ends up being a customer that comes and sits down at his booth um that um starts asking about his story and wants a picture of his chest and turns out um, she's a reporter. Um, and then uh, as the episode progresses, you find out that Mai is slowly uh, ceasing to exist in their world, basically. She's she's not just being forgotten, like, she's disappearing. And that's kind of episode one. Um and then episode two is called On First Dates, Trouble is Essential. Um, Maya's disappearing dramatically quickly by this point. Um, so Sakta decides to sell his scar picture for some background information on her to basically try and persuade her to go back into the showbiz in- industry. So she was a child star. She started at like age six, uh, being in a drama um, and her mother was the one who wanted to put her in there. Her mother is like a agent, runs an agency and wanted her to be like a big superstar. Um, and so she explains later on why her mom ended up getting into the showbiz industry. But at this point, you just know that her mom's kind of an agent and um, her manager um, and uh, and she left the showbiz industry supposedly to get a proper education. That's what was said to the public. Um, but realistically it was because Mari and her mom had a bit of a rocky relationship and she didn't want to be around her mom anymore and it ends up explaining that she um was uh 
made to go to a photo shoot and in the photo shoot for a magazine she was in middle school at this point like seventh grade i think it says um she had said okay i'll do the shoot but one thing is that i don't want to wear a bikini and then she gets to the shoot and her mom has approved her wearing a bikini um despite her objections and uh she had to go with the shoot they'd already signed the contract so she had to take this all of these photographs feeling incredibly uncomfortable in a bikini despite the fact that she didn't want to because she was like i don't know how old's the seventh grader like 12 yeah um and uh uh yeah so she ended up having like a really bad argument with her mom and and that caused her to leave the showbiz industry um but yeah, so Sakatona and Maya end up going on a date. But while they're out, um, they start realizing that people can't see her even more than normal. Um, and when they're supposed to meet up with her mother to have a conversation about showbiz, because Maya decides that she, uh, like when Maya discovers that Sakata, uh tried to sell a picture of his scar um, for the showbiz industry, uh, for, for information on her um, to go back to the showbiz industry. Um, she decides that she's going to go back on her own um, and she ends up convincing the reporter not to post the pictures um, and uh, basically like says, uh, I'll give you an exclusive interview about me going back into the showbiz industry um, if you don't post the pictures of his chest. Um, and I'm not going to go back to my mom's agency. I'm going to go to a different agency. Um, and so then she's like, okay, well now I need to have a conversation with my mom. And so she goes to the beach, um, to meet up with her mom, with Sakta. And, um, when, uh, her mom gets there, her mom can't see her, walks right past her, doesn't know she's there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so then they decide to go out of town together. They hop on a train, decide to go out of town to see if she ends up being visible to anybody there. Because basically they're following the points of like, she's being forgotten in the showbiz industry. People can't remember her being a name. Like they don't, they don't, can't see her. She can't like buy food. Like she's invisible. So they start thinking, oh, maybe it's just because the atmosphere from around where you are right now is affecting people's memories. So if we go outside of town, then maybe people are going to remember you. So they go outside of town to try and find out if people can, can see if she's there. Um, and when they are out of town, uh, they they have such a cute relationship, such a cute dynamic. Um, uh, they end up having a bit of a heart to heart. They get to know each other more and and stuff like that. But after some phone calls, they realize that all of the students can still remember her. Um, and Sakura ends up sharing um, his first love story as well um, about uh, Shoto, who um, was basically the girl who saved him when his life was going to crap. Um, uh, and then she just disappeared and was no longer a thing. So yeah, they basically just have like a huge heart to heart together. In episode two. you might see. I mean, so one thing I will talk mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Their heart to heart at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really nice. But also, bed sharing trope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was great though. Like I enjoyed it. Like it was a really sweet moment. Like the dynamic of like, okay, I'm gonna go take a shower. Don't you dare fucking peek, idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So Sakita's (laughs) like his personality is amazing. He's oh my god. Okay, so people say that like Japanese uh, shows don't really understand sarcasm, but this show is just sarcasm on a stick. It's so funny. And it's just like just the way they portray him, to where like they make it seem like he's a masochist because like every time she stamps on his foot, he's just like, <laughs> just like I enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, 
you know, as long as my son's touching me, then I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, they have and a really this, cute relationship. Yeah, and then at this point, like, because she goes to get in the shower, and she's like, don't you dare peek on me. And he's like, that's okay. <laughs> Just hearing the shower run in the background is good enough. <laughs> And then he's so upset because he's on the phone the entire time that uh, she's in the shower and then he gets off the phone and the shower ends and he's like, I missed it. <laughs> it's so great. It's, it's so a nice great. little moment. But another point about this episode too was whenever they go to meet Mai's mom, mm-hmm. like she completely blows past Mai and walks up to Sagata and is like, mm-hmm. why did you send me this email? Like, yeah. this isn't funny. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I'm not the one who sent it. Like, your daughter's right there. And so the mom pulls out the phone and she's like, I don't have a daughter. And yeah. like pulls out the thing and the sent line on the email address is blank. Yeah. It's blurred the same way as the letter is in the first episode. Yeah. And like, just seeing Maya's face, it's just like, oh, I get it. It's heart wrenching. Yeah. It really is heart wrenching. However, I will say there is a cry counter in this show. It doesn't mm-hmm. come until later, like the last three episodes but there is a cry counter i did i did only cry once while watching this show um but i will say that the reason probably why is because i binge watched it and by the time i was on the last episode it was like 6 a.m so because i couldn't (laughs) stop watching it um it's very addictive um but yeah uh the relationship between sakura and mai is really really cute because they hit it off from the very beginning um they just kind of click um, and despite the fact that this show could have very easily become a harem, um, it very much doesn't. Uh, I mean, yeah, there is the little sister and then, yeah, there's easily like three or four girls, four, five girls, to be honest, that could have all fallen in love with him and be like fighting over him and stuff. But even there is a little bit of the little sister trope kind of thing going, but it's also... I mean, it is a thing, but it's also not because you. it's explained later on. So, I don't know. It's, like, it's tricky. But, like, I definitely wouldn't consider this a harem. Like, those two are very much a pair. They become a pair very quickly on in the first episode. Um, and they're very cute throughout, despite the fact that they're not really official until later on. But, like, you can tell that they're they're kind of who it is for each other. And it's very, very, very sweet. And, yeah, the the romance. It's quite romantic, this one. Like, it's not... It is, but also, like, it's very mature, too. It is. Like, a lot of the stuff that happens in this show, like, if this happened in any other show, or quite frankly, if this should happen in real life, like, whoever was in my shoes would have flipped their shit. Yeah. Like, it would have been bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, like, she was very mature about handling everything, and, like, everything that went on. Like, it was... Yeah. it's almost... Like, how relationships should be. Like, just talk about it and all this stuff. And it's just, I don't know, like, it's a phenomenal, like, relationship and dynamic between the two. Like, yeah, Yeah, they don't speak highly enough about that. Like, the writers, 10 out of 10. Like, great. Yeah, it is. It's genuinely a really good example of a healthy relationship, which is uh, interesting because for, like, things that are targeted at teenagers, normally they are the very definition of a toxic relationship. Um, I mean, just think of, like, the biggest romantic movies and things that have come out in <laughs> that are targeted at teenagers. They're all toxic, toxic relationships. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, just look at Twilight, for instance. Like, 
how, like, that's not okay. Like, trying to commit suicide because your boyfriend left you? Like, no, not cool. Like, that's not healthy. You need to go get some professional help. But no, you're not going to get help. You're just going to cry until he comes back to you. Like, okay, anyways, besides the point. Um, (laughs) uh, It's so bad. Like, telling teenagers that that's what's acceptable. Um, But, but I mean, to be fair, that trope... (laughs) Has been around since Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> That's true. But Romeo and Juliet was kind of done from the perspective of Shakespeare being like, look how stupid this is. Um, that's why it was so dramatic, because it it was freaking stupid. Yeah, like, um, it was satire, is what a yeah. lot of that was. But, mm-hmm. yeah, but Twilight was serious. Oh, yeah, like, it was real serious. Although I know nothing about it, I do understand the premise, and I'm like, "Mm, yeah, that's big dumb. (laughs) It was so serious, you can tell by the fact that they put a blue filter over the whole movie to make it serious. Um, (laughs) 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 Even inside, they're, like, in a a school, and it's, like, still blue and dark and gloomy, despite the fact that there's, like, white, yellow lighting. Like, okay, cool. Um, I'm not mad about it. It's fine. Um, yeah, their their VFX guy got paid a lot of money to do something real stupid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, anyway. But yeah, uh, one thing about episode two that I thought was super cute was just that, and it shows Mai's character very well. They're lying in bed next to each other, um, about to go to sleep, and he asks her basically how she's coping with all of this. Um, and she just basically says, well, I'm not going to cry because what does crying do? It doesn't solve anything. Um, and besides, I don't want you to see me cry. That's embarrassing. Um, and it just kind of sums her up as a person um, and as a character. And I thought that was a really good moment to put in there to kind of really define her from very early on as to what type of person she is in stressful situations. Um, and this is an incredibly stressful situation. The entire world is literally forgetting her existence. Um, mm. And... Uh, she may cease to exist completely. The only person who is aware of her that she currently knows of is lying right next to her and may forget her at any moment. And she still refuses to cry because she doesn't want him to see her cry. She doesn't want to show any kind of weakness. So it really Mm -hmm. is a a very good uh, couple of seconds that they included in there that really just does describe her as a person and really set you up to understand how her character works. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And that's like, like, it's kind of the thing I told Blue whenever we started watching this show, but it is a very smart show. Like, yes. it's very intelligent with how it handles things and how mm-hmm. it presents things. Like, this show talks about quantum physics, mm-hmm. amongst other things, like Laplace's demon and Schrodinger's cat, like a lot of, like, really in-depth subjects mm-hmm. if you take the time to look into it. Yeah, and like, quantum particle vibrations and thus sinking through contact and... Yeah, no, it's, uh, there's a, a person specifically who I uh, can think of that is gonna, that would very much enjoy this because of that section of, like, understanding each other f- via vibrating particles. Like, that sounds real weird, but, like, <laughs> I have a friend that would be very, very interested in this. Um, yeah, it's an incredibly intelligent show, not just from the scientific perspective, which is broken down in a way to where it's very understandable. I'm not a sciencey person by any means, um, but... I'm not going to lie, I failed most of the science classes I took. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm, yeah, so not a sciencey person, but they did explain it in a very understandable way um, and in a very interesting way. Like, you pay attention to it, and um, uh, even if you know very only very, very basic science, um, you will still be able to understand this, even if you don't entirely understand the concepts, you'll be able to understand the 
way that they're relating it to the story. And they did it very well. And then psych- on a psychological perspective as well, it's also very interesting, uh, but for a whole different kettle of fish. Um, oh, yeah. So then episode three is called The World Without You. And my first note here is just cringe. So much cringe. Um, so what was cringe? What was cringe? The giant love confession in front of the whole dang school. <clears throat> you see, like, here's the thing, though. I didn't find that cringy <clears throat> because I told you about this, but I'm going to explain to the podcast. So whenever the show initially came out in 2018, I watched it episode for episode until episode six, Mm -hmm. which watching it through this time, I kicked myself in the ass and I even messaged blue and I was like, why the fuck did I stop watching Mm -hmm. this show? Like I was so upset with myself over it, but like even the first time through watching it or even the second time through watching it, even though I knew exactly what was coming, like it's not cringy because it was necessary. Yeah, agreed. So, like, I didn't find it cringe. And in fact, like, if I were in the shoes, like, if I was in Sakata's shoes, I would have done the same thing. Because of all the things, like, you could have done to try to reverse what was happening, that was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they talk about how, like, you can't fight the atmosphere. And with my disappearing, like, they're just talking about... You know, you just got to go with it because it's the atmosphere. You can't change it. Like, there's nothing you can do. And so yeah. you have to do something, like, massively drastic to change it. But anyway, that's getting ahead of ourselves by about 16 to 17 minutes of an episode. So. <laughs> well, basically, uh, so the reason why Maya is disappearing is because when she left Shrivers, um and went to school, um, she joined halfway through the year because she was finishing up what she was working on and uh, couldn't just, like, leave everything and just join at the beginning of the year with everyone else. So by the time she joined, everyone had already kind of formed their cliques, they'd formed their groups. And not only that, when she joined, she was this celebrity, you know? She had been in the public eye since she was six years old. Everyone already knew of her. And so she couldn't really be friends with the girls because they were kind of being all, like, snooty and jealous and and everything towards her. And she couldn't be friends with the guys because then she would be labelled as that kind of girl which is stupid but you know that's kind of the way that teenagers work um and uh yeah so they um they explained that instead what she did was she just kept to herself and went to class every day didn't talk to anyone and left and because of that she just kind of faded into the background she just kind of became like you know that the one student that nobody ever talks to you're kind of aware of their existence but you don't interact with them they're not part of any clubs they don't have any friend groups they're just the loner kid but she wasn't enough of essentially (laughs) right (laughs) yes yes brad you are a loner but yeah but she was she wasn't enough of a loner to where she stood out because like for him he was a loner but he was a loner because of a negative rumor so he was made aware of because like people were aware of his presence because they were scared of him um so they like he he wasn't really he didn't blend you know but she ended up getting so good at not having anyone pay attention to her that she ended up just becoming part of the atmosphere so that's the reason why she supposedly 
started to disappear was because she blended so well with everything else that people just forgot about her existence. She just became just, she just disappeared. Um, but for some reason, everyone in the school still kind of remembered her until the day that they go back to school in episode three, um, which is called The World Without You. I don't know if I said the, the name of it. So basically, they go back to the school after their trip outside of where they're in. They go back to school and um, <clears throat> that day they ask everyone about her and, and she she doesn't exist anymore there. Um, and so uh, it's during uh, midterm exams this time. And... Uh, and so uh, Sakata ends up talking to Rio, um, <clears throat> to Futaba. What it was? It, yeah, Rio Futaba. Rio Futaba. Okay, yeah. Uh, I know names. I know names. Uh, I've only written down like one name for each, so I'm like, I don't know who. But Rio. Okay, so um, Sakata ends up going talking to Rio, um, and she basically says to him, "She's like the science girl. She's the one who comes up with all of the explanations for quantum physics, all that kinds of stuff." Um, and entanglement, that's it. Quantum entanglement for like the particles bumping into each other mm. and then having a cause and effect. Um, anyways, uh, she um, ends up saying that she thinks that when people go to sleep and their brain kind of resets um, and stores all of the information for that day, everyone's brain is taking her and putting it into the unnecessary category and thus forgetting it. And so then when they wake up in the morning, um they don't remember her existence um and when he finds this out he realizes that he can't go to sleep or he's there's a good chance that he'll forget her too so um he does everything he can to stay awake and uh he's going through his midterms he's going through his exams and he's like crashing he's drinking so much energy drinks like they're still having interaction with each other his sister he's brought my home a couple of times um and his sister doesn't rem remember her like everyone's kind of forgotten her it's just him now that remembers her um even rio like doesn't remember her just kind of like when he tells her the story and stuff then she goes through and and starts like explaining things but like she doesn't remember who she is um and then he decides that he is going to write a note to himself <laughs> basically being like on May 6th I met Buddy Girl Senpai um, and uh, and that kind of takes you full circle to the beginning of the first episode um, and then uh, she comes over to um, tutor him for, exa for his e exams so basically what she says is uh, you know if you've been um, studying up this late uh, if you've been like cram studying this late then you should have somebody to study with so I'm going to come over and, and teach you and she puts sleeping pills in his coffee because she's realized that he's staying awake and she kind of puts two and two together. Um, and then he falls asleep on the desk and she's like, it's okay, thank you for trying so hard. And she genuinely at this point thinks that that's it, no one's going to remember her, she's going to fade it into it, like, like being forgotten, like nobody's going to remember her. This is the last time anyone's going to ever hear from her or see her. And in the morning he's going to wake up and and uh, not remember her. Um, and that's what happens in the morning he wakes up and, and he doesn't remember her and he goes to look at his notebook that's open on his desk and he reads it and uh, that's where you officially get to the beginning of the first episode um, and like in the beginning of the first episode her name is kind of fuzzed out and you can't see anything and so he goes to school and when he's at school um, 
the night before when they were studying, um, she makes up like stupid words to describe the kanji because like they're, they're studying modern Japanese. So they're like learning a kanji, <laughs> what it means. And um, uh, yeah, uh, f- like coming up with sentences um, to describe what it means to try and like remember them. Um, and then when he's taking his midterm for it, they come across the kanji that um, they were studying, which is something like um, uh, protect um, the kanji for, uh, I can't remember, but it's something like protect. Um, and when he comes across this kanji, he starts like, plus with the reading of the notes, there are a couple of other little things um, that were triggering his memory as he was going, but he reads this kanji and then he starts, like, getting flashbacks and he can't see a face and and he's trying to remember and it's just, like, all kinds of confusing and, and he's sitting there and then all of a sudden, uh, ding, um, he puts it all together, remembers who it is, he gets up, bursts out of the classroom, claiming that he's got to go take a poop and that's why he's leaving during a midterm. Um, and he runs out onto the baseball field and he screams out loud for all of the students to get his attention and um and he says i love my like really loud in front of the whole school um and uh then when he turns around uh he can see her um and then they get in a lot of trouble at school and also so during this like yelling confession thing and everything else and like, so she's able to be seen by the rest of the school now. Mm-hmm. And so since she's been brought back to the forefront by everyone, she also tells everyone, like, hey, Sakata didn't actually send people to the mm-hmm. hospital. <clears throat> like, that was just a rumor that was all made up. And so everybody's opinion of him start to change mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. yeah. But then, so another thing, I want to talk about this one. So whenever she drugs him, and he goes to sleep. If this had been any other anime, again, because he had that journal that he had written out and open on his desk. Mm-hmm. If this had been any other anime, like, my would have erased that shit. Yeah. But she didn't. So I was like, big brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know why to talk about that, but it's just one of those yeah. things where if it had been, like, any other thing, because... Like, she was just ready to say goodbye. Like, she knew it was going to happen. And she even told him, like, as he was falling asleep. Because even after he noticed that a sleeping pill had been put in his drink, like, he was fighting it as hard as he could. But she's like, no, mm-hmm. no, shh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you did your best. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just like, that's a really cool kind of thing. Because she's still, like, she's Cut giving up fun. on it, but she has hope. And then, yeah, like, before that class, like, during their break for the modern Japanese midterm, uh, Futaba had stopped him before class and had left, uh, mm, that because Mai had left a note in her textbook. It didn't have a name on it, but, I mean, you know, it's Mai. And all it said mm-hmm. was, if you love something enough, then you have the ability to change it by making mm-hmm. everyone know. Mm-hmm. And so, that's whenever all that happened. But one thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing I'll notice, and you kind of really start, I don't know if you picked up on it or not, but so Crunchyroll also dub or not dub, but subtitled accents in this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it kind of becomes apparent in this episode, but like, especially when he's running another room, like I got to take a dump. <laughs> but also like starting at episode four, 
and on whenever you meet uh, Tomoe, mm-hmm. then or uh, what was it, Koga? I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, so whenever you meet her, like because she's not from uh, the area that they're in, so mm-hmm. like they're constantly like <laughs> subbing her accent, <laughs> and it's very like Southern American, like kind of twang yeah. to it. I yeah. guess like it's a lot of stuff that I say. <laughs> but it's to the point to where it also starts to rub off on the main character <laughs> as well. Like, yeah. like he picks up some of those mannerisms and I'm just like, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think any other show would have done something like that. So that was a really no. cool touch. I don't know if that was intentional or not. But yeah, but it was cool. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's a really cool thing. Anyway, episode four. Yeah, well, uh, one thing, the reason why I found it cringe for myself is personally because public declares of affection anything where it's like big and visible any kind of like giant emotional happening is very (laughs) cringe to me um i don't know i think it it might be a cultural thing um because like you know that like stiff upper lip and all that that's like classically british um it is very true in specific areas in britain and for specific families to not show emotion the same way that um, North Americans tend to. Um, it's kind of like in Japan as well, like um, uh, older Japanese families have that kind of trope of you d- you don't show emotion, you don't show when you're feeling emotion. I mean, it's even that way in like Japanese culture as well of mm-hmm. like they don't, like PDA is frowned upon yeah. in public. So, well, I mean, that's part of public or PDA anyway, like that. Yeah. <laughs> PDA in public? What? Public? The close of affection in public? (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought? But yeah, like even Um, hand-holding and stuff, from my understanding, like is frowned upon. mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, so I can understand, but I didn't find it cringy just because, and I'm one of those people to where if I see like PDA in person, I'm just like, "Mm, go find a room somewhere. Go find a room. Yeah, no, I definitely did find it cringe. um, And I did skip a little bit. A little bit, but like, you know what? Just just a tad. You are no longer Kamisama. You are Skipchan. That is that is your (laughs) nickname from now on. If I have the power to change it in your Discord and mine to Skipchan, I'm going to do it. You know what? It's very fitting because yeah, I did, I did hit that arrow key a couple of times just to like go like twenty seconds ahead. Uh, um, because yeah, any kind of public declaration of affection, it, or yeah, anything like that. Even though I knew there was a good cause, even though I knew that it was necessary, even though I had all of this background information, um, still cringe. Uh, <laughs> can't handle it. Um, episode four is uh, there is no tomorrow for a rascal. Um, and my first note on here is just, oh, he's so dumb. Um, I don't know why I wrote that, though. We'll find out. Yeah, like, I, I'm honestly curious as to why you wrote that, because I was thinking, like, because he figures it out, like, on day two. Like, he pieces it together. Yeah, I don't know. I think it must... It was probably... Oh, I know why I wrote it. Okay, we'll get into this. Okay. Okay. Um, Butt Kick Girl and Sakta <laughs> are... <laughs> <laughs> stuck in a groundhog style loop um okay so basically what was it the beginning of episode four or was it some point i think it was at some point I, I in episode it was like three late, like episode three so mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's a a scene where Bucket Girl is Koga. Um, who is the country girl who we were, we were just talking about. She, um, he is like rushing to get to a date and he's going to be late for the date with Mai. Um, but he's late because of Koga. Um, but he uh, runs into a girl who's crying because she's lost her mom. And um, he uh, gets his ass kicked by Koga who comes across the circumstance of him in a park with a little girl and thinks, predator! Um, so runs over and kicks his butt um, and sends him flying. Um, and then once the situation is explained as to what was actually going on, um, her way of apologizing is saying, oh, well, then you can kick my butt. Um, and she doesn't let him say no. He's okay with not doing that, but she doesn't let him say no. So he ends up kicking her butt too. Um, and yeah, that's like their interaction. They end up going to the police station because um, a police officer caught them like, being weirdos um and yeah, they end up going to the police station he ends up being late for his date and that's kind of the first interaction that you get with her um so basically koga and sakata are stuck in a groundhog style loop so it's friday um and uh the reason why like he's aware that it's a groundhog style loop initially is because um japan won the football um and so he's like oh cool japan won the football um and then he goes to school and uh, one part here that threw me off is that uh, they go to school on a Saturday, huh? Um, but I think like that's a common thing. Yeah. And like in anime, so I almost wonder if it's that way in their culture too. Like I think they go I think to school it must for be. half days, but I yeah. think it's also a Friday whenever all this is taking place. Yeah, it's a Friday where all this takes place. But then he's waiting for Saturday, and then he gets up and gets his school uniform on on the Saturday, and that threw me for a loop. I was like, huh, okay. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like a half day or something like yeah, that, I think, at least yeah, from all uh, the anime I've watched. That could be as wrong. As far as I'm aware, it is too. But animes it, that it's in, like, you would think that would have to be commonplace. Yeah, I, as far as I'm aware, that is the case. It just still threw me for a loop as to someone who's never gone to school on a Saturday. Um, it was just like, oh, that's weird, and it pulled me out of the anime for a second. So just, you know, <laughs> they go to school on a Saturday. Because uh, I was like, where? Um, so basically, uh, he goes to school. With red and blue. Anyway. Yeah, right? He goes to school. He goes for the entire day. Um, and then he gets up the next day. Uh, what he believes is the next day. Gets ready for school. And then he goes out to um, the living room. And he sees that the same news is on the TV. And he just goes, oh, well, why is that news on the TV? Didn't we see this yesterday? And his sister, who's watching the news, is basically just like, I didn't see it yesterday. What are you going on about? I haven't seen this news yet. Didn't this just happen last night? Uh, like, didn't they They just win the football, like, overnight? Because they were playing internationally. So, um, yeah, it's morning for them, but they won during the night. Also, I do have a point to make mm-hmm. about, like, up to this point. And it's commonplace, like, throughout the rest of the anime <laughs> as well. But, like, I think it was around this point that I really started to notice it. Mm-hmm. But his sister, Kaide, like, whenever she speaks, she speaks about herself in the third person. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, she refers to herself, like, anytime she's supposed to say I or me, she says Kaide-san. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that there's a son on there, too, like, also, like, I didn't notice the first time watching through, but this time, and especially around this point, is whenever I caught the son on the end of it, and I was like... That's sad. Oh. It's sad for reasons to be explained later. Um. Also, excuse the really loud fucking motorcycle. <laughs> anyway. Love that. Love that. Um... 
But yeah, so uh, basically he goes through the same day again. He's kind of like waited out and he goes and talks to uh, Rio, who's the science girl, about it. Uh, basically, whenever anything happens, he goes and talks to her because she kind of is able to explain it in a way that it makes sense to him um and is based in science and she's a very skeptical person throughout this whole thing like she up until up until she experiences things herself um she is incredibly skeptical of this whole thing even being a thing and even when she goes through it she is still incredibly skeptical um which i thought was a really good consistency with her character because she is supposedly like this science-based character um so it makes Mm. sense um so uh when she um asks when he asks her about what's going on she says um well there there should be um someone who is causing this groundhog style effect uh if you haven't seen the movie groundhog day which is what i'm referring to um it's just basically where the same day happens Mm. over and over and over again um and it's now become like a thing to just say groundhog day whenever there's a, a plot of a day having you know, like a time loop or yeah, something because I know we discussed it with ReZero as well with like the resets and having to relive the same days over yeah. and over again mm-hmm. so yeah that's kind of what's happening here yeah um and uh yeah so then his main concern is trying to find whoever it is who's kind of the catalyst of all of this um and uh why they are resetting the day if they're doing it intentionally if they're not like what's going on um, and that's when he um, finds Koga again. And he realizes that she is um, the catalyst because he bumps into her in a classroom. He's going to go have lunch with Mai. He has his lunch with Mai every day. Um, and uh, he's going to go to that lunch. And when he goes to that lunch, he sees her um, under the like teacher's stand podium thing. Um, and she pulls him under too, basically being like, hide, hide. Um, and when she asks, he asks why, it's because, um, uh, this basketball guy, his senpai, who's a basketball player, um, asked her out in the previous days. Um, and she doesn't want to be asked out by him because her friend likes him. And if he asks her out, then it might cause a rift between her and her friend of just basically being like, oh, well, how could you lead him on when you knew that I liked him? You obviously, like, you're two-timing, backstabbing kind of person. And she was really concerned about that. So she just wanted to avoid the circumstance. Um... And, uh, uh, so then as they are like having that kind of conversation, then, um, uh, he leaves, like he was like looking and peering into the classroom and, and he couldn't see her. So he left. Um, and then Mai walks into the classroom because she's, uh, about to have lunch, um, with him, with uh, Sakuta. And then they end up tripping out over or like knocking the podium over and end up being in a really precarious circumstance of, um, looking like they were getting all up to the kind of naughty business, um, in the middle of a classroom floor. Um, I just got shaggy in my head just being like, banging in the classroom floor. <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I will never be able to rewatch this Santa Fe this Um, <laughs> oh, God, 
sorry, that was real bad. Um, they are miners' brain. Get out of the gutter. Um, oh God, Please go into jail, guys. Podcast is oh, canceled. No. I'm sorry. Oh, no. God, jeez. Um, so uh, he ends up. Uh, basically, they end up going out like having a fake relationship um so that because he's like oh, okay well this is okay because we're gonna reset tomorrow Mai's gonna love me again that's fine um and then he wakes up the next day and it's saturday um so yeah that didn't work um and he's now panicking because my walked out of the classroom real angry um and uh oh yeah because in the previous days um whether because like by this point friday has happened like four times or whatever in the previous days, he'd asked her out over lunch and she had said yes. Um, so, like, they were about to become official. Um, and then on this day, that doesn't happen. Um, and uh, and he's like, it's okay, because it'll reset and then tomorrow will be fine. But it didn't reset. Um, and, uh, yeah, now he's in trouble. Um, and, yeah, so then... Um, uh, Kolga ends up asking him basically to be in a fake relationship with him. Because um, then they can um like then she can like av- avoid the circumstances of the basketball player and stuff um my is displeased um and he's an ass um and the reason why i put oh he's so dumb um which i now remember is because my basically says um outside of like they just go to the, like 7-eleven they go to the store and when they're outside of the store she basically says oh well i hope um, because there's no word for you in, well, there is a word for you in Japanese, but it's not used. Like, you don't have a subject quite often. Like, if you know what subject you're talking about, they don't include the subject in the sentence structure. So basically, the way that she said it was just, um, uh, don't fall in love. Um, or like, I hope don't fall in love, or like, hope don't fall in love, kind of. Um, which for us doesn't make any sense. But in that context, basically means, I don't know how they, they did it in the subtitles, I can't really remember. Um, but it... I think they put the U in there. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, I hope you don't fall in love. Um, and, uh, and Sakata basically took that as her saying to him, don't fall in love with her. Um, but what she meant was, um, she's gonna fall in love with you while you're doing this. You're aware of that, right? Like, like, I know that you're, cause she's, then he's like, oh, I'm not, you're the only one for me. And she's like, oh, that's not what I meant. Um, and he's like, yeah, whatever. Um, which on that note, that is some brilliant, fucking foreshadowing yeah yeah um and uh um and and she's and she's like okay well you don't get it you're big stupid um, basically um and she doesn't explain it she doesn't elaborate it and so that's why i put oh he's so dumb because i was like i can see where this is going and uh you're gonna end up hurting some people there why did you agree to it talk about like idiot um <laughs> because like yeah because at this point with Kolga, you can definitely see that there is a level of admiration there like she she is at this point getting friendly with him and you can see that up into this point so like in episode four it's, it's not like a surprise um when later on when she does like fall in love with him um because you you can see her affection building for him from the first time that they meet all the way through and it's a very very good relationship dynamic in the sense that they they really arced it well you know they started off with her not knowing him at all and you can see the progression like she doesn't she's not all over him like as soon as she meets him you know like in some animes where it's like oh my god love at first sight um it's it's not like that it is very much of a friendship building admiration increasing he protected her he he gives her advice their relationship dynamic increases 
and he feels quite like brotherly sisterly towards her but you can see how she doesn't feel that way towards him i don't know i thought it was well done Mm. um and so basically yeah they end up they end up having a fake relationship together um and that's the kind of the end of episode four anything you wanted to I mean, not really. One thing I will say, though, is, again, this is another one of those situations of, like, you see how, like, really chill and how, like, again, like, mature Mai can be. Mm -hmm. Because she's like, that's cool. Like, you're, like, looking after her, and I know, like, I know you. Yeah, she trusts him completely. And you're just trying to help, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, again, like, that whole thing of, like, you know, I hope you don't fall in love. Like, at that point, I was just like, ooh. Mm-hmm. And again, this goes back to the whole, like, after episode five, like, I'm really going to be kicking myself in the ass of episode six mm-hmm. of, like, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I will also say about Sakta, um, because, like, we talked about how Mai's really, like, grown up. He is incredibly grown up as well, and that's why I think they're a very, very good pair. Because although sometimes he's a little bit dense when it comes to knowing other people's emotions, um, he picks up on other stuff very, very quickly, and he's incredibly responsible. Like, when you figure out all that he does um, throughout his, like, what he does on a day-to-day basis later on, you become very like protective of him as a main character because of the circumstances that he's been dealt. Um, yeah, he's he's an incredibly mature young person who's experienced a lot and has some kind of emotional dis- detachment. Um, and you find out why he has an emotional detachment. Um, is not in all areas. Uh, it's specifically surrounding adolescent syndrome that he does have this emotional detachment and takes everything very, um, at f- like, not at face value, but he just, ex- he's very accepting. It's just like, okay, well, this is the circumstances. This is the way that it is. Okay, I accept it. Let's deal with it. Like, he doesn't experience that, like, emotional trauma first. It's just... Um, it, yeah, he skips the denial stage and goes straight into like, okay, well, let's do something. Um, and you find out why later. But like with his um, affection and romance and his love for his sister and stuff, he's not emotionally detached at all. But you can see how in circumstances with adolescent syndrome, he is more emotionally detached. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. So episode five is All the Lies I Have for You. And I just put so much happens. Um <laughs> Uh, so basically, um, they go on a fake date. That's Koga and uh, Sakuta. They go on a fake date. Um, and um, uh, I just put basketball douche. I don't know his real name. Um, but like the guy that was originally trying to ask out Koga, who her friend has a crush on. It's like my Zawa. Something like that. Um, he um, tries to spread rumors about her and basically saying that she's real easy. Um, and, uh, so, okay, so how this works with, with Mai is that because she's gone back to the entertainment industry, she's away a lot for work. Um, so, um, basically what they say is that he got denied, um, and when he got denied after his giant love confession in front of the whole school, he is basically rebounding with Koga. Um, and so the, the, the rest of the school doesn't think that he's, like, two-timing, they think that he's only dating Koga and that Mai denied him. Um, and, uh... And yeah, so then Basketball Douche is basically just like, oh, well, she must be real easy because I saw them together in a classroom doing all kinds of whatnot. Um, despite the fact that he knows that's not the circumstance. He knows that it was a complete accident that that all happened. And yet that's what he like spread out and he started spreading other kinds of stuff out as well. Um, and uh, she ends up kind of like, uh, her relationship with her friends kind of goes downhill. Like she is having a hard time because of him. 
Um, and then when they are going on this date, they're going to go to the aquarium and stuff. Um, they get onto the train platform and there's like a bunch of other students there and there's also a basketball dude. She decides it's a fantastic time to pick a fight. So he goes up to um, Sakata and he's like, hey, uh, what's it like being with a girl that's so easy? Like me. Um, and he starts like poking at um, Toga too. Uh, Koga too. And Toga. Toga. Uh, it's like with you and Sake. <laughs> Um, oh my god, we're, we're great with names, can you tell? Um, and, uh, and so Koga um, is like really upset and she's she's getting down on herself because he's being a real ass. He's a big old dude as well, like athlete. Um, and Sakuta's just basically like, okay, you want to fight? Let's fight. Um, and uh, and he <laughs> he's like goes to like punch him and the other guy's like getting ready to block and he just kicks him in the shin. Um, and then when he falls down, um, he then puts, like, kicks him in the face. And then he's like, and, uh, you might want to wash your face because I stepped in poo yesterday. Um, and, and, um. <laughs> and then the whole, like, as they're about to run away, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm a virgin. <laughs> I'm a virgin. And then they just take off yeah. running. Like, <laughs> Sakata grabs Koga by the wrist and just yeah. takes off. Out of the train station, and I, I it, lost it, it at that funny. point. Like whenever he's like, "I have a first," like I busted out laughing. It was like two a.m., but I was dying. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And then another part before this, so while they're on their date, so Koga can make it seem official because Koga's personality or her like outlook on life is to be popular. You got to stay like Mm -hmm. in touch all the time with your friends so there's like a group message and she's losing sleep because they're up to like 3 a.m and she's like watching videos to make sure that she stays in the now and like up to date with the Mm -hmm. memes and everything and so where was i going with that on the date (laughs) my brain just died oh yeah so on the date she's like okay i need to take a picture of us together to make it look real and so she takes a selfie with him and she's like Oh, senpai. Because <laughs> at this point, she's still referring to him as senpai because he's a year older. They're just like, oh, senpai, your eyes look really dead. And he's like, oh, they're like that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I lost it. it yeah, was basically, great. like, it's she's that annoying girl that is constantly on her phone no matter what. Like, you're having a conversation with her and she's on her phone, you know? Because she has to be kept in the loop. And that's another reason why it was so impactful for her to be asked out by her best friend's crush. Because she was like, they're gonna hate me, they're gonna not wanna be like friends with me, they're gonna um uh not wanna like be around me anymore. And while they're on their date, he's basically talking to her and he's just like, Well, why? Like why are you so like hung up on this idea that they're not gonna be friends with you anymore? And she then explains that she was, you know, born and raised outside of where they are now and she was born and raised in the country. Um, and that she worked so hard to like get rid of her accent. She researched fashion styles, changed all of her clothing. She um, did everything that she could so that when she moved, um, she like she cut her hair for the like colored her hair and, and like dyed her hair for the first time. She started getting her nails done, like all this kind of stuff. Put on makeup for the first time so that she could blend in with the girls from the city. Um, and uh, she tries to, like, completely eliminate who she was um, in the countryside. Um, so then episode six is This World You Chose. Um, and the day starts repeating itself again. Um, and this is a day, like, the first day of the summer holidays, I think. Um, 
and uh, when it starts repeating, uh, they're going on uh, their like fake couple date, and it's supposed to be the day where they split up. So um, Koga had kind of like planned that they would go through the date, they would go to the beach, they'd have a really fun time together, and then um, on the way home, she's going to realise that he's supposedly still in love with Mai, and because of that, she slaps him and breaks up with him, and um, they're done, and that's like, and then it will fizzle out over summer, and then nobody's going to question it when they all come back for the autumn term. Um, but uh at the end of the date at the end of the day uh they have like a really heartwarming like sweet moment of being like okay well this is where it ends like thank you for everything um i'm sorry i was such a pain um let's always be friends um and then he wakes up the next morning and it's still uh, it's well it's not the first day of summer sorry it's the the ending ser like uh, the like the ending ceremony day like a semester end ceremony so they do have to go to school in the morning um, and that's how he knows that it's not just, like, another day of summer, because his sister's like, hey, don't you have, like, the ceremony to go to? Like, don't you need to be going there? And then they go to the beach afterwards. Um, and it starts repeating. Uh, but she isn't admitting that it's repeating. She's going through and acting like everything is completely normal. Um, and that he, um, is the only one that's going through the days repeating again. Um, and, uh, it's because she has completely <laughs> fallen head over heels in love with him, and ending it at the end of the day is causing so much turmoil for her that she's not wanting the day to end. She wants to just live in that day forever so that she can eventually make him fall in love with her after a thousand days, a hundred thousand days, a billion days, I think they were talking about, going over it. And I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you caught it, but on the second day, like, while he's like, hmm, I wonder what's going on, like, she was repeating everything, like, yes. the exact same, but it was a little bit mm-hmm. hesitant. To where it's like she had to think about everything that she did. I didn't know if you had caught on to it. Yeah, but I, I did. like noticed it immediately and I was just like, Ah, oh, you're trying to be sneaky. I see what you do. Yeah, yeah. Well they yes, they go through the entire day with her pretending that um she is experiencing it for the first time and she's having to mimic exactly what supposedly happened previously. Um and so she's having to consciously think back. Um and it is shown and it's very good. Um so basically, he then goes and talks to Rio and is just like, hey, uh, is it possible that I'm the only one who's repeating? And she's like, no, she's lying. It's not possible. Um, so then uh, he basically just goes through the day with her a couple of times, you know? Um, and then eventually he starts spotting things changing. Like uh, during the ceremony, um, she never looked back to him. Um, but then in one of them, she does look back and that's different. Um, and uh, then... One day he's like, oh, I don't want to go to the beach. Uh, this is like the fourth day for me. Um, so come with me to, um, I don't know where they go, like shopping center, just like a, a farmer's market. Yeah, like they were supposed to go on a date somewhere originally, mm-hmm. but then they had to cancel because of something. And so it was the fourth time that the day repeated. And he was just like, you know what? We're going to go somewhere different. We're going to go where we were initially supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And then while they're there, like they're still having a great time. Like he's still like he hasn't said anything to her about it, but he mentions it to her again, and he's just like, "So, um, like, are you like are the days repeating?" And she's like, "No, not at all. This is the first time we've done this." And then he calls her on her bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. like you're lying to me. And he's like, "I like I realize how I let on, but he's like, I know what's going on. He's like, I know you're making the days repeat." And so why? And that's whenever, like, Blue said, like, she asked him, she's like, so no matter how many times we repeat the day, 
I, mm-hmm. you still love my, don't you? And he's like, yes. Yeah. And like, she breaks down and she's like, I love you, but I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, everything goes back to the very first day. Um, so they go to sleep that night and everything goes back to the very first day. So this is like three weeks beforehand, the day of like the classroom. Yeah, June 27. Yeah. So yeah. the day where like Japan won the, the soccer yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. It goes like, all it the way back All then. of that. Mm-hmm. And, like, he goes through a little inner monologue of, like, you know, everything that happened, like, initially in the first one did happen. Like, he asked Mai out again and all that, mm-hmm. and it goes through all that. But one thing that changed this time was Mai actually kissed Sakata on the cheek. He was so cute. It, it, it was a really sweet moment. Like, yes. it was it was so cute. Yeah. Um, and another thing and that then, changed this time is that yeah she uh she grows up she deals with basketball douche herself she's just like nafam i ain't going out with you deal with it suck my ass um (laughs) (laughs) and uh um and then on their way home um Maya and sakura uh run into um his first love um, so throughout the anime, um, they, like, they, he was always being teased, um, about the fact that he supposedly had this first, um, uh, first love called Shoko, um, who, um, he, like, who had helped him out throughout, like, the trauma of everything, of how he got his scars, basically. Um, and so he's always, like, teased, like, oh, well, she disappeared from existence. Like, you're never going to find her again. Like, sucks for you. Um, and then when he gets together with Maya, everyone's like, oh, you finally got over that. Um, and then uh, they're walking home and it's raining and there's a kitten in a box that's obviously been abandoned. Um, and they go and um, there's a little girl who's crouching over the kitten in the box. Um, and he's like, oh, it's okay. I'll take the kitten home and then you can come and visit it. And Because she's like, oh, I want to raise it myself. Uh, but obviously she's a kid, like a kid. She needs to get her parents' permission and all that kind of stuff. And the cat's still there just in the box. So he's like, I'll take it home. We've got a cat. Um, I'll take it home, wash it up, feed it, everything like that. You can come get it whenever you're available. Um, and then she looks up at him and it is um, his first love. It is Shoko. Um, but she's like a, a seventh grader. She's like real young. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and that's the end of the episode. Episode seven is Adolescence Paradox. Um, so basically, there are two science girls. They are um, two Rios. Um, and uh, yeah, she... That's... Like, this, this, the, the next adolescent syndrome is that there's two of her. Um, so she is crushing big time on um uh Sakata's best friend who um is like the only guy who kind of like kept around him when he was supposedly a big bully beats up people in the hospital kind of situation um but he has a girlfriend he's had a girlfriend for a while um and she just kind of like represses her feelings just like it's cool um I'll just do all my sciencey stuff um and ignore the fact that he has a girlfriend but like every time they interact with each other like she's getting all flustered and stuff and it's very sweet um but uh basically when um uh Sakata and Maya are like going out on dates and interacting with each other, um, they run into 
um, one Rio, and she's, like, going into an internet cafe, like, a manga cafe, um, where you can, like, stay overnight. They're, like, um, uh, it, you rent a booth for a period of time and the booths have like a bed in, they have like a computer in. And if it's like a manga cafe, then they have like a room, like a library room. You can go and collect a few books, then go back in and to your private booth and then read as many as you want. And then you can like order room service or whatever you want. And you can rent them for like 24 hours. Like you can rent them for like five hours. So it's basically like a, a temporary stop off point for people if they want to um, like have some alone time like if you're in a shared house or something and you want some alone time you can go to a manga cafe and so basically she's states, please and thanks can we get oh, through yeah, the no, states, please? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um and uh and yeah so she goes there and they're all like what's going on with that why are you there um and when she's there they call her on her phone but the rio in front of them doesn't pick up but yet she's on the other line of the phone um which is rule word um and then um uh yeah they end up figuring out that there's two of her and one of them is staying in her house and then the other one who is staying in the manga cafe ends up going back to uh Sakusa's house um and staying there while she can't um go back home um, and the one that goes back home has, like, put her hair up in a, a ponytail. She's taken off her glasses, put contact lenses in. Basically, she did the, oh, if I take my hair down and I take off my glasses, then I'm all sexy. But, like, kind of in reverse because she put her hair up. Um, <laughs> you know? Um, oh, yeah. But she's, like, uh, the side of her that is, like, much more outgoing, bubbly, um, friendly. And the one that is at Sakura's house is much more science introverted, like that kind of based mindset. So they did kind of split into two different sides of her personality. Um, and so he's basically spending the whole episode having conversations between the two of them and trying to figure out why this happened. Because obviously at this point he knows that there's like kind of an emotional catalyst that causes adolescent syndrome to happen. So he's trying to figure out what caused this to happen and they're both kind of denying it or well one of them's not denying it but she's saying the other one needs to explain it and the other one's like i don't know what you're talking about um and then they end up figuring out that she was taking kind of smexy pictures um on her phone and posting them onto like a instagram type account thing but like none of her face was in it it's just like of her body and stuff mm. and it was because it was a uh, she was doing it because of her insecurities. Originally, she started doing it just to have a kind of objective um, photograph of herself to, to get an objective opinion on what she looks like physically because she went through the trauma of developing faster than all of her other students and then all of a sudden having all of this attention on her um, that she wasn't used to because all of her other female students weren't as physically developed as she was um, and as someone who was previously not really the forefront of attention. It was very shocking and disturbing for her to go through. Um, and so at that point, she then made this account to get this objective opinion of her physical body. Um, and uh, that's caused some um, like turmoil for her, some trauma. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of like the, the premise of the... Um, the thing she's like feeling really alone um and yeah uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and yeah that's pretty much like that's as good of a summary as i can give of that episode yeah 
Because that was, um, like, it was definitely a really odd episode, but also a lot of what was going on is, like, throughout it, you would see Sakuta and Kaede at home, and Shoko was coming over a lot. Young Shoko. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a... That's kind of a thought to keep in the back of your head as the show progresses as yeah. well. Yeah, she's coming over to take care of the cat. Um, and then episode eight is Wash It All Away on a Stormy Night. Um, and it's about adorable firework friendships, and it's so cute. Uh, it's a really su- it's such a hanabi. Uh, it's such a sweet episode. Um, so basically, um, yeah. Um, She's experiencing all of this turmoil, and he's basically helping her out through it, trying to understand why she was going through what she was going through, and um, yeah, and and trying to help her merge with each other. Um, and then um, uh, the hair down version of Rio, the the nerdier, more introverted version. Um, well, no, first of all, the the hair up version uh, goes out and hangs out with the two boys and they have like a really sweet moment on the beach of them all being like friends together and lighting fireworks and and bonding. Um, and she takes a picture of the three of them and sets it as her phone background. And then um, the he goes home and then interacts with the other Rio who's at home um, and basically... Uh, she gets the wrong end of the stick. She thinks that instead of them having a bonding time, it was basically them kind of like uh, replacing her with the other one. And she's like, okay, well, obviously you're better off without me, so I can just like leave. Um, and so she, uh, when he's like in the bath or something, I don't know, he's distracted. She leaves um, and it's like the middle of tsunami season um, and she to the high school um and he runs to go find her um and like well he gets on his bike and like cycles through like rainy typhoon like crazy storm season to go and find her um and basically just like gives her a hug and it's like we're friends except he doesn't he's not emotional like that so he doesn't give her a hug but he gives her a verbal hug basically um of being like what are you doing you idiot like we're friends um you're important and um once she is just kind of like uh, the, yeah, he tries to invite her to go out to the festival um, because they had like beach fun time fireworks, but like there's a proper legit like um, festival going on. Um, and he invites her to go to the festival. And then after she accepts the invite, um, he turns around and collapses um, because he was out in the rain. And if you're an anime and you go out in the rain, you're going to get sick. Um, that's how that works. Um, and uh, so then he wakes up in the hospital. And when he's in the hospital, um, He's talking to her and basically being like, uh, what you doing, dude? Like, we're friends. Uh, go confront your other one and tell her that you want to go to the firework festival. Um, that I'm, can you tell that I'm going to great detail here? Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so then she, um, kind of, uh, accepts it, accepts their friendship. Um, she's figuring it all out. She's very emotionally confused. Um, she still loves the best friend um, and she's she's kind of all over the place but she decides to stick up for herself and and say that she wants to go to the festival so she goes and gives her other half a call and when she goes and gives her other half a call poof she no longer exists um, and then he goes and picks up the payphone and on the other end of the payphone is her all back together again um, and then the three of them end up going to the firework festival together and she admits her love for, well, it's, yeah, it's implied. You don't hear it, but yeah, uh, it's implied that she admits her love for the friend. Um, and he says, 
I've got a girlfriend. She's like, I know you idiot. I just had to tell you. Um, and, uh, uh, you better treat her well. Um, and then she sheds a single tear and, uh, cute friendship moments happen. So cute. So cute. But one thing that I'll mention about this episode too, is that, so the entire time that this is going on, like they believe the Futaba that is staying at Sokuta's house is the real one. Like they kind of can't like piece together because the whole time they're trying to figure out which one's the real one and which one is split because of the personality differences and everything. Yeah. And so like they're going through it the entire time, but the split is the one that initially had the phone or who we thought was the split. Mm -hmm. So whenever they have that moment of Sakuta's collapsed and is in the hospital and he's uh, talking to Futaba out in the waiting room because Mai was actually in the examination room Yeah. whenever he woke up. She's like, of course, like, you're my boyfriend. I'm going to be here for you. But then he immediately yeah. just runs off after Futaba yeah. because that's more pressing at the time. But so the entire time they're talking, she's just like, I, like, I don't know what I need to do. And he's like, well, there's someone that you need to call and ask. But she's like, I really want to go, but I don't think I can because it wasn't me that made the plan. And yeah. so he's just like, well, there's someone you need to call. And I thought that she was going to call Yuma or basketball dude, whatever. Like, that's who I thought that she was going to call, but no. Not basketball douche, the friend. Yeah, like, friend. (laughs) Yeah. Not, yeah, not basketball douche, by any means. They play on the same team. Yeah. It's confusing. (laughs) But, so, like, I thought that's who she was calling. And then when he picks up the phone, and it's them together, and apparently, like, their memories combine at the same thing. So he's like, oh, y'all are back together. Yeah. But, yeah, Yeah. so I thought that was interesting on whole. I did, too. I thought that she was... Yeah, I thought that she wasn't the split. I thought she was the original, but it was very interesting that she was actually the split. Yeah, like it, it um, was a really nice situation because, like, mm-hmm. you see her talking, and then it cuts back to Sakata for a second, and then you just hear the phone drop. Yeah, like, Damn. yeah. That that was the first time I think where uh, for. There are a couple of times in this anime where things get a bit eerie, but there's one in specific, which is the sound effect moment that Brad still hasn't clicked on yet, um, that is incredibly eerie. Um, and uh, yeah, all of the comments said the same thing, that it was like, oh my god. Um, and yeah, but that was one moment that was like, oh, this is kind of, this could have been a horror anim- anime if they wanted to. They could have made it horror because of what happens. Like, yeah, like, it has these it little, have, like, thriller moments. It definitely does. It wouldn't have been difficult to have just kind of, you know, Like, taken a it turn a and scarier. just went down, like, a totally different avenue. And you know what? Yeah. I would have been okay with that. I would have, too. It would have been a very interesting concept. Actually, I think that would be a very interesting thing to see, is to give this anime to another studio and say, take this, make it horror. And just see the the flip side of the coin. I think that would be very interesting. I would be down to see that. Give it to Juji Ito. I want to see this now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So episode nine is called Sister Panic. Uh, My sister shows up and they have sewaged bodies. Um, So uh, Sakata basically goes to go meet his girlfriend, but when he gets there, she don't know who he is. And he's like, what? Who? What? What? And she's like, "Mm, my sister would never date a loser like you. And then, (laughs) and then, uh, uh, and then, 
um, my sister's body walks around the corner. Um, Nodoka, 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 uh, walks around the corner and she's like, actually, that is my boyfriend. And then he's heckin' confused because he's like, uh, a what? Um, and then she steps on his foot and it like, (laughs) he's like, yep, that's, that's mine. That's my girl. That's my girl. Um, so basically, um, Nodoka is, uh, Mai's half-sister, um, different mothers, same dad. And she's an idol. She's in a, a girl band, but like kind of um, newly debuted. So they don't have like a massive following or whatever. Um, and she does not like her older sister uh, because she, like Mai is like been in the industry for a very long time. And Nodoka hasn't, obviously she's only just debuted. So she's not been in the industry for a very long time. And Mai's also just naturally very, very talented at what she does. There's a reason why she's been so successful in the in the show business industry is because she gets the job done very, very quickly. She's known to get through takes, like, first try. Um, She's uh, very efficient on set. Like, she just is very, very good at what she does. Um, And that's put a lot of pressure on her half-sister, who didn't even really know that they were siblings until um, they, like, she was in, like, elementary or something. Like, they were quite old when they first, like, when they met for the first time. Uh, because Mai's dad ditched, got remarried, and then met, uh, and then had um, Noroka, and then they, like, first interacted when Noroka was, like, six or seven, you know? Um, and so basically, they end up having a big fight in the park, um, and uh, just basically open it all out to each other, of just saying, it sucks being under your shadow, and then Mai basically being saying, you stole my dad, like, you... Um, you think that I, like, I didn't want this either. Like, you can't blame me for that. Like, this is a situation that you can't blame me for, and yet you're blaming me for it. And they have, like, a huge fight. Um, and then, yeah, because they, they've switched bodies, they had to switch switch schedules as well. So, um, uh, Noroka is in Mai's body, so she's doing all of these commercial shoots um, and drama series is, like, she's acting, um, which she's not at all used to. She's used to dance practice and singing. Um, but then, uh, Mai, who's in Noroka's body, um, is in, like, the dance practices, singing practices and stuff, and she's doing well. She's doing what she does. She's naturally very gifted. Um, and so the pressure is just increasing and increasing and increasing on Noroka because, um, she's now seeing her sister kind of do well, um, at what she thought was kind of her area of expertise. Um, and then, uh, when Noroka goes to, um, a photo shoot, uh, it goes to a, um, Noroka in Mai's body goes to uh, a commercial shoot. She ends up collapsing um, from having a panic attack. And um, when Sa- uh, Sakuta goes and tells Mai in Noroka's body about it, mm. um, she's surprised. She genuinely thought they might take a few takes for her sister to get it, but she didn't think that her sister was going to completely collapse. Um, so it shows that there she definitely had some kind of level of faith and like trust that her sister could get the job done. Um, but turns out she actually didn't. She panicked. Um, and, so, um, and then at the end of the episode, Mai basically just says, hey, don't open the cabinet. Whatever you do, like don't go to my house and open the cabinet because um, Mai and Noriko's body is staying at uh, Sakuta's house uh, because they're having a big argument. They, they're not living together anymore. I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah, that, that covers yeah. everything. So in episode 10, uh, complex congratulations. Uh, Sakata's um, background kind of gets revealed. 
Um, he he gets a phone call from his dad, uh, but he's out of the house when he gets it. So Maya answers it. Um, and yeah, they end up like talking about his mom um, and how his mom ended up um, collapsing after the um, uh, the adolescent syndrome that happened to his younger sister, uh, uh, Kyode, and because of that, um, his mom ended up making getting her own mental health disorder issue thing. Um, and so his dad had to leave the house. We well, didn't have to. He chose to leave the house to go take care of their mom. And so he has been raising his little sister completely on his own afterwards. Um, and his, his dad's a nice guy, but like, dude, I don't agree with that whatsoever. What heckin' decision did you make to, to leave your, your son to take care of your daughter under those circumstances when he just got released from the hospital himself but you're gonna go take care of your wife so you just abandon your two kids like not cool dude not cool yeah like not not cool at all but again goes back to the regular anime trope of dad's art dad's anime no parents <laughs> they're either away on business or away doing something yeah we don't have parents and if we do have parents it's a mom and she takes care of all of the community kids like that's it it's like one mom for everyone or no parents Oh yeah, moms and anime are best moms. Yeah, <laughs> most um, of the time. Most of the time, um, and uh, so then Nadaka, uh, or well, Mai, uh, ends up having a performance, um, at, like which is an idol. She has to go to a performance, um, and at the performance, she ends up doing really, really well to the point where the lead singer. Um, drops the microphone, stumbles and drops the microphone, and she grabs it and just smoothly takes over like nothing happened. Um, and then at the end of the show, um, it is announced who the next featured singer is going to be on the next single, and it is Nadaka, or My and Nadaka's Body. And uh, after the show, um, with like the fan meet and greet that happens, um, her mom go- goes up to her and it starts like hugging her and saying, "Oh, you did such a fantastic job! I'm so proud of you." Which is the first time that Nautica's like ever heard it, but she's hearing it from Mai's body, like standing back watching it happen to her older sister in her body, um, and she's like, "See, even like it's my sister that needed to be there that um, that got the congratulations from my mom, like even." Uh, then it wasn't even me. Like, it, see, it, it it has to be her. She's so good at everything that, like, I can't ever live up to her. Like, and she's basically saying that because of the past few days with their body switch, her sister took like took all of the credit, and it was clearly her sister that because of her sister's work that she got the feature. Because of her sister that um she got the congratulations from her mom, and she's completely dis- dismissing all of the hard work that she had put in in the months prior, and just sees it as her sister. Um, accomplishing all of that without any of her foundation that she'd already laid for that, you know? Um, Mm. And then, uh, yeah, when they go back to the house, um, uh, she ends up having a real big breakdown, just being like, I feel completely unworthy um, and this is horrible. And the two sisters end up having a really sweet bonding moment um, after... um, uh, uh, Sakata reveals that um, Mai kept all of the letters that her sister wrote her when before they had ever met, when they were just like writing to each other when they were children. Um, she kept all of the letters in a tin, and that was what was in the cabinet of the last episode. Um, 
and uh, and it shows that my, despite the fact that she's sometimes a little emotionally distant um, towards her sister, uh, cares for her very deeply and has for a long time and treasures her sister a lot and, and their relationship together. Um, and this is where uh, the creepy sound part happens, was when they crack back to each other. Oh, I get what you're talking about. Yeah, because they hug. And then instead of like them snapping back mentally, their bodies transform. And they it's like a loud crack, like a cracks of bone breaking. And the, instead of their like their minds switching place, their bodies have physically morphed into each other. And so you see them like morph back and it's freaking weird, dude. Yeah, I thought it was really odd, too, because they're still wearing the exact same clothes. Like, it's not like their bodies switched. Like, it was, it was definitely different, especially since the clothes stayed the same. Like, uh, Nodoka was still, like, had Mai's bunny headband in her hair. Mm -hmm. Like, it was, it was something. (laughs) It was something, all right. It was freaking weird. Um, and you know what it reminded me of? There's a Simpsons episode, a Halloween episode of The Simpsons from back when I was a kid, um, where they turn inside out. Like, there's a gas that comes around and, like, it turns them all inside out. And it's quick. Like, the thing about the transformation is that it happens within, like, a second, maybe. Mm. Um, it's very, very quick. And it reminded me of that Halloween episode of The Simpsons uh, because of how quick it is and how gross it is. Like, it's genuinely, like, it's jarring. Um, and I think that was intentional. Um, to really like solidify how mentally and physically taxing adolescent syndrome is, that it's not like a, a little like casual fantasy trope or whatever of the anime. Like it's a, it's a serious psychological and scientific thing. And I think occasionally because of the context of the anime, because they're teenagers, because it was about them being an idol and like things like that, it made it a little bit too youthful um, and too, like, happy anime trope kind of thing. Um, and then putting that in there at the end of the episode brought you right back to this is mentally damaging. Mm. Um, and it was a good setup for the, the next uh, few episodes to come afterwards. And then there's a handy little end credit scene at the end, too, after, well, I mean, again, end credit scene or after credits anyway of Notica moving in with Mai because Notica has another fight with her mom, mm. even though, you know, everything is supposed to be patched up. And then at the mm-hmm. same time, Mai gets a call from her agency and they're like, oh shit, because while Mai and Notica had swapped bodies, Mai had Sakata look after Notica. And so while he was looking after her, walking her to school, all that other stuff, they got photographed together. And the world was lit a fire mm-hmm. with, oh my god, that her boyfriend is she's dating some nobody. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. And up until this point, her agency had banned her from dating, kind of like idols are banned from dating. Um, despite the fact that it is different for actors, but her agency had just said, because she's with a new agency now, she's not with her mom. Um, had said, yeah, you're not allowed to date. And so they were keeping mm. it very, like, hush-hush. But yeah, at the end of it, you get to see uh, freaking paparazzi being paparazzi people. Um, episode 11 is uh, the Kyode quest. Um, and Ma, it opens up with Ma revealing her love to the press. And it's so 
cute. It's such a cute little press conference. Um, it's adorable. It's got her, she's got full backing of her managers and like the director of the show that she's on. Um, they're joking about how it's good publicity for them. She's apologizing for causing social turmoil and whatever, but um, she's also like, please respect him because he's just a normal boy and uh, he doesn't need all of the like the media attention. So please respect his boundaries. And it's really cute. It is. It's absolutely adorable. And oh, it's so good. It's so cute. So then um, uh, Sokta, uh, as he's walking around, he ends up seeing Kiede, who's his little sister's um, childhood friend from before everything happened. Um, and she asks if she can come visit. Um, and he's basically like, nah, fam. Like, it's, she's, she's okay, but like, we're not there yet. Um, and uh, Kiede starts making a checklist of things that she wants to do, the accomplishments that she wants to make. Um, and... Uh, those are things like um, answering the phone for someone who isn't her brother because she is she can't leave the house without it like causing a panic attack. Like she stuck in the house, she doesn't go to school. She um, is yeah, she's clearly mentally not okay. Um, throughout the entire show, you can kind of see that, and it progresses well um, throughout it. Mm. Um. And uh, and so she makes this, this checklist of accomplishments she wants to make. And she answers the phone for the first time for Mai, who's in the house. She just goes into another room and, and calls. Um, and when she does that, um, she ends up collapsing. And you see the bruises reappearing. And this is where I was talking about how I don't think the bruises were done very well in the art style. Because I thought it was like a blood clot thing. Like, I thought... I thought she was, like, gonna die. Mm. You know, I thought it was incredibly serious, but then it just wasn't. It was just a bruise, you know? Mm. But the way that it appeared on her neck made me think she's just burst her, like, jugular and is bleeding from the inside out and she's gonna die. Like, genuinely, that's the impression that it gave me, and then it it wasn't. It was just a bruise. So that threw me for a loop. I'd seen Um, some other anime before this to where, like, I knew it was bruising, mm -hmm. but... Like, just because it was done in a very similar manner. But I was mm-hmm. still just kind of watching it, just being like, hmm, like, that could have been done a lot better. It's like, I get what you're going for. I do. But yeah. come on now. Yeah. I think it was just because of the seriousness of the impression of the last mm. episode. Like, the, the, the feeling of that. Because I have seen this kind of bruising before in other animes as well. Um, but I think it was just because I was still going off of, like, I binged this whole thing. So, um, I was still going off of that feeling from the crack back of the episode 10. Mm-hmm. So that then when I watched this one, in my head, I was still very much, this is real serious, like, dark, intense moment that they had created with the very end of episode 10. Uh, even though it had kind of softened a little bit with the, um press conference my mind immediately went to serious 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 it didn't go to halfway there um and yeah so i i did immediately think this is much more serious than it evidently was in the anime Mm. um but basically she starts to like slowly try and do her best to um check through these things on her checklist to try and make progress in being able to leave the house her goal is that she wants to go to middle school she wants to go to school um and she gets bruises after making the phone call and she attempts to to leave the house, but it takes like a lot of energy for her to get up and leave the house and, and takes a long time. 
um, and uh, she ends up... Uh, it's just like the episode is a lot of progress, like her getting to the front door, her leaving the house, her getting to the front step of the apartment building, her walking down the street. Like it's a lot of progress, slow progress, um, which is perfectly normal. Like that's how you make progress after having a um, a, a mental breakdown, and anxiety, like and trauma or whatever. Also, crackout number to... one happened for me in this episode oh. because Aww. the moment to where like. Because they, like, spend the first half of the episode, like, finally leading up to her, like, getting, like, taking just her first step outside of the apartment. They spend a good five yeah. minutes, like, yeah. just talking and, like, Sakata trying to talk Kaede into going outside. And so, mm-hmm. like, she gets dressed and she's, like, all ready and then she wraps her arms around him as tightly as possible. Mm. And so he opens up the door and he's like, okay, like, we're going to do this one step at a time. And so he starts, you know, like, kind of inching her forward and everything. And she's like, are we outside yet? And he's like, no, not yet. Just a few more steps. And then, so finally, and they're already outside at this point, but she doesn't know that because her eyes are shut. Mm -hmm. She's like holding on to him as tightly as humanly possible. And she's like, no, I can't do it. Like, I just, I can't. Like, we can try again another day. And so Sakata pulls away from her and she looks up and sees that she's like actually stepped through the threshold of the house and that he was lying. And she just Mm -hmm. collapses and starts crying and... So he's like, kneels down, he's like, look, I'm sorry, like, I didn't mean to lie to you. She's like, no, I'm crying because I'm happy. And then he starts crying. Like, I think it was the first yeah. time that we've, like, actually seen him cry. And he was just yeah, like... Yeah, it was the first time you saw him do any kind of emotion other than, like, sarcasm, flirting, love declaration. Like, it's it's all... He never took, like, even when it was serious, his serious was, like, a frown. You know, like, he... It was the first time you saw some kind of, like, really impactful intense emotion from him that wasn't a positive one because you've seen a couple positive ones but like you hadn't seen it uh, necessarily it's not negative i suppose but like you know a conflicting emotion mm-hmm. from and him. it like it made me as a viewer like also like just feel like so incredibly proud and like, I did it too, was yeah. just, like i got teary-eyed like, but I, I didn't cry well, i mean i didn't cry cry but a tear fell which as we have discussed counts as a cry count it counts as a cry yeah no no tears fell for me but i did get a little bit sniffling but, yeah it like uh like it was it was just such an amazing moment and like even though mm-hmm. the show like, you know, we talked about it before and we even talked about it, you know, with this episode as well, with it being like it having its moments of like the animation not being there or them not doing certain mm-hmm. things right. The storytelling does everything right. Like, I don't think there's yeah, really just true. a the storytelling moment is a 10 of out the 10. show of it just being like, yeah, you know, but no, like it was it was just such a beautiful moment to where like truly mm-hmm. like making a viewer feel proud of something yeah. happening, like, I'm like, that is a damn good thing to be able to do, so good on y'all. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, so the episode kind of ends with them going to the beach. She started, like, going out, she's going to a park, things like that. She made good progress. Um, and it kind of does a little montage of her after getting through the door. It does a little montage of her, like, getting to the front step of the building and, and then going to the park and stuff. And then they decide that they, they want to go to the beach. But wait. Um, uh, and no, it's very never mind, sweet. Never mind, not this episode. I got it confused with the next one. You, okay, we, we can we next, go. Yeah. So they go to the beach. And when they get to the beach, they see her childhood friend um, who they haven't, like, 
scene, like that he had said, you know, the, the um, Sakata had said in um, the episode beforehand, I think it was, or earlier in this episode, um, you, she's doing okay, but you can't come see her. Um, and then uh, uh, he ends up seeing her at the beach and she calls out to, to her because of childhood friends. Um, and uh, Kere has no memory of her. And that's when the episode ends. Um, episode 12 is Life is a Never-Ending Dream. Um, and this episode starts with them discussing um, Kere's memory loss. Um, and this is when you learn that she has no memory of her life before her life in isolation in the house. Before, um, yeah, like basically after the incident of the adolescence thing um, happening. Uh, she has no memory of her childhood. She has no memory of the bullying. She just woke up in the hospital and that's her memory. She only has memory of the past two years of basically living in isolation inside the house. And that's why it was even more terrifying for her to go outside. Because up until this point, you're thinking that it's terrifying for her to go outside because of the bullying that happened previously. Um, but now you understand that it's terrifying for her to go outside of the house because in her memory, she's never been outside of the house before. And she doesn't know what it's like. This is another one of those points too, to where like for you, like the crack of them like switching bodies back like this mm -hmm. episode with them talking about that was really impactful to me because yeah. like the mm -hmm. way they talked about it like they're like her like brain like her memory like it snapped like she legitimately yeah. broke to where like her brain was like no fuck that none of that yeah like we're killing all of it and like yeah. that to me just because the way like they phrased it i was just like Damn. Yeah, well, she developed a dissociative disorder, um, which is something that can happen in real life. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, and so it's, it's just basically a disorder where your brain puts up an amnesic um, amnesic wall. <laughs> I can speak. Uh, basically a wall of amnesia to where um, for your brain's survival, your brain has gone through all of your survival mechanisms and you've got none left. Um, and so for survival, your brain decides we need to concentrate on this right now. We cannot be worrying about anything else. So we're just going to put it in a file, lock the drawer and throw away the key. And we're going to lock those memories away. And we're going to put up this wall of amnesia and we're not going to register those at all. It's um, PTSD is uh, something very similar to it. Like basically when you're experiencing the stress of your PTSD, your brain um, isn't registering what you're uh, consuming as a memory um it's like it's it's not processing it it says we can process this later so we're not going to worry um and then um uh we're going to focus on surviving and then later on um when your brain decides okay we're safe now we're okay we're going to go back and process those old memories and that's why you experience it as a flashback um because you're not experiencing those things as a memory you're being transported back into that time so that your brain can then eventually process it as a memory so you're not like thinking back to it you're re-experiencing it until your brain can absorb it into the memory category rather than in, into the right now category and that's how flashbacks happen um mm. Which is why they're so incredibly terrifying for people who have PTSD. Um, so yeah. And you see this talked about a lot in like criminal justice and whatnot as well. Yes. Because you have like people who are victims of crime, whether, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what it may be. Mm -hmm. And like they'll always get witness statements from the victim and the victim is just like, I don't know. I don't Even know. Even though it yeah. happened to them. Yeah. They're just like, I like I have no clue. And their mm -hmm. story will also change. Yeah. 
depending on like what they were told and everything beforehand, because that's, you know, that's like their brain just completely blocked it out or they're just choosing not to remember because it's just that traumatic. So it's definitely something that's very real. So I don't know. It's just the way it was explained and done in this. I was just like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting because there's a lot of um, true psychological and scientific, like, tropes throughout this whole anime. Like, it's it's like they took science and they just turned it up to 11, you know? They didn't create anything new. All they did was show theories, um, which is very, very interesting. Um, mm. Because they, like yeah, they took science and turned it into science fiction with, like, yeah, visually portraying these like scientific and like psychological things and like mm-hmm. giving life to it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's incredibly interesting. It's very very well done um, because yeah, they do they found like the whole f- the foundation of everything that happens in here is either in science or in psychology, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's incredibly interesting. Um, for instance, one thing that I didn't actually mention with uh, Butt Kick Girl um, is that um, uh, Koga is the, the reason why that he was also stuck in the time loop with her is because of um, the quantum particle entanglement, um, where basically when they kicked each other's butts, a particle of her and a particle of his um, uh, started vibrating on the same frequency. And because of that level of uh, vibration, when she was transported back into time, um, he was along her same like synchronization because of that particle. And so he was also transported back in time um, to do the Groundhog Day thing too. And and that is a, a thing. It, it, it is a, a scientific theory that is discussed. It's like why people can have um, psychological connections with other people across the world, supposedly because of this quantum particle entanglement entanglement thing um that i'm not very good at explaining because i've only ever had one person talk about it um but yeah it's it's like a a legit theory that is discussed in in certain scientific communities um and i found that very interesting because like i had heard about that prior and then to see it crop up in an anime i wasn't expecting about um yeah interesting Mm um so yeah, so they start explaining the the family backstory. You learn more about his dynamic with his dad. You learn more about her, um, and you learn more about Shoko, who is his first uh, crush, his first love, and his mentor. Um, but it was also like going through all this. Like I don't like I kind of got the feeling that like I don't think like she was ever like a true love interest. No, it's just that she was the only person that was there for him. Yeah, because it was always like kind of. Like, you always kind of thought that going through it, mm-hmm. but then you finally get the, like, he goes through everything, and it was like, I don't think that he was ever truly, like, in love with her, but I think it was a kind of situation of, like, you know, where you tell your friends you love them and whatnot. Yeah. Like, it was one of those I think kind of yeah. situations. Yeah, I think he thought that he was in love with her because he found such comfort in her that he hadn't found in anybody else. Um, I mean, she was the only one there that he could talk to, the only one that believed him when he was trying to explain to the doctors about how he got this, these gashes along his chest that just supposedly magically appeared out of nowhere, but they actually appeared because when his sister lost all of her memories, he, the grief of it all caused his own adolescent syndrome and that caused him to effectively self-harm himself, but without doing it himself, like somebody else, like the, the universe, I don't know, the, the magic of this show um did it to him 
And when he was trying to explain it to the doctors, nobody believed him. They said it was it was self harm, that it was self inflicted. Um, the his parents didn't believe him. His mom had just had her own mental like collapsing because of the situation with um, her daughter. Um, his sister now has absolutely no memories of him. And then he's being told that they're moving because of the bullying. And then they're also he's also uh, now having to look after his sister. Um, well, later on, he ends up having to ask, look after his sister alone while his parents are gone. Um, and it just became too much for him. And um, yeah, it manifested in his own adolescent syndrome. And so then uh, she was the only one there that would actually like lend an ear to him and believe him, or at least pretend to believe him, like listen to him. Um, and uh, uh, And because of that, he found immense comfort in her and I think so it was a form of loving, but it wasn't the same form. Like, it wasn't romantic love, but he thought of it as romantic love because he had never experienced romantic love before. And he found such comfort in her. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so with all of this going on, like, so with after they get done explaining that um, while they were while they're at the beach, um, uh, Kotami? Kaede's friend mm. give Sakata back a book and mm. she's like I borrowed this book from Kaede but whenever y'all moved I didn't have the opportunity to give it back and it was Kaede's favorite book mm-hmm. so she's like here you can like you can give this to her maybe it'll help and just kind of but also like I just need to give it back to her anyway mm-hmm. and so Sakata gives it back to Kaede, and Kaede starts flipping through it. She's like, oh, so this was Kaede-san's book. Mm-hmm. And, like, you like you start to figure out, like, because it once it's all explained, like, it finally clicks of, okay, Kaede refers to herself as Kaede-san because she, like, it's a completely different person. Yeah. And so gives her back the book, and in it there's a a torn piece of paper and it was a note from Kotomi saying like I want to be friends with Kaede-san and like so which it Kaede collapses again so they go through the whole uh, like hospital rigmarole and they're like her memories are starting to return yeah but it also whenever this happens Kaede gets even more determined to like want to go back to school and like finish off everything in her checklist yeah and so like at this point like she's still getting out of the house and doing all this stuff and so she's like okay i'm ready to go to school Mm -hmm. and so for like three days straight like she tries they get like down the road a good ways they get ready to turn the corner but they see girls that go to her same school walking Mm -hmm. and talking and it stops Mm -hmm. and you see the bruises start to like really creep up yeah and so she's like, no, I can't do it. And so mm-hmm. they go home. But then I think on like the third or fourth day, whenever it was, or it could have been weeks at this point, it doesn't really necessarily give you a time frame. Mm-hmm. But so they're like, okay, well, we're going to go home, but, or you've made it far enough. So let's take a break. And so they take a break and they go to the zoo because mm-hmm. Kaede, like throughout the entire show, like she's always wearing a panda onesie because it's a panda so is her favorite. Yeah. And so they go to the zoo, and she gets to see the pandas. It was absolutely adorable. Yeah. <laughs> and I got a really huge chuckle out of it. Yeah, I did <laughs> because too. Because they see a fox, like, hanging out in a tree, and she's like, oh, 
It's a trash panda. <laughs> was it a fox or was it a red panda? It, it was like a fox or a raccoon or something. Like it wasn't it wasn't a panda in any means. It was like <laughs> it was like a lesser panda. Lesser panda. Yeah, I always thought. I don't know. Okay. Um. <laughs> but it it was absolutely adorable. Yeah, it was hilarious. And so while like whenever they leave. Sakata gives Kaede an annual pass, and he's like, mm. "I like you need to. You like, need to come need back because it costs I bought a lot it. of money. So yeah, so we need to come back a lot. And he's like, every day, like after you go home, like as a reward for going to school, you can, like you can come by yeah. here. And so on their way home, like he takes a, like he tells Kaede it's a shortcut. She's like, but isn't the way home that way? He's like, no, no, I know a shortcut because I'm more experienced than you with walking home. And so it ends up, he ends up taking her to mm-hmm. the school and they hop the fence and he shows her, her classroom. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, so this is where I'm going to be going to yeah. school. She's like, does this count? Can I and, cross it off my checklist? And so like, as they're walking home, she's like, okay, I'm just going to put a triangle on it. And then tomorrow I'm actually like, yeah, she's like, I actually be able yeah. to. And then the next morning comes and you get my second cry count on the show (laughs) because like you see Sakuta snap because he goes in to check on Kaede because typically like she wakes him up every morning, but today she wasn't up yet. So he goes in to check on her and like she wakes up, but you can immediately tell like it's not her. And then she speaks and the way that she speaks is completely different. And it's like, you see him, like, in his face. Like, he just snaps. And, like, at that point, yeah, Yeah. I cried. I was like, no. Like, how could you do this? It's so sad, yeah. Um, Another thing was the the reason why she loves pandas, which is also sad. Uh, I don't know if this is this episode or the next episode. I can't remember. But in one of these two episodes, um, the reason why she loves pandas is because... um, uh, he, after she just came home from the hospital, he got her a panda documentary to cheer her up, like right at the beginning. And so that was like her first interaction with the world, um, other than the hospital and then coming home, was watching this panda documentary and it caused her to like fall in love with pandas. And it was like the reason why she loved pandas so much is because of her brother and it's so cute. Um, yeah, I think it was in, I think it was the in next the next episode, episode yeah. because like whenever he gets, uh, like her notebook yeah. read to him. I think that's whenever it explains yeah. it all. Because let me tell you, episode 13 is a roller it coaster is. of emotions. Like, I, and not only is it a roller coaster of emotion, it is a brain it, fuck. Like, it mm-hmm. makes you rethink everything oh, yeah. from oh, the yeah. show. Um, so let's just jump into it. Episode 13 is called um, The Down After an Endless. The dawn after a down, I can read. The dawn after an endless night. <laughs> and my first note here is a sad face that's crying, and it just says, so sad, ugh. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so Kato's memories have officially returned, of her, but her two years of isolation are completely gone. All of those memories that she experienced during those two years at home are gone. Um, and so she's back at the hospital. Um, their dad is there. Um, and, uh, she's getting like CAT scans and brain scans and stuff. And they're, they're, uh, talking to her about everything. And, and as they, she's in the hospital bed, um, and her dad is congratulating her because her dad hasn't been in her life for the past two years. You know, he, he left her and, and left her. Like he didn't come and visit. Like 
And so in his mind, oh, congratulations, you've returned to your old self. I have my daughter back again. But to Sakata, the whole person that he's been living with and taking care of for the past two years has just disappeared. And you can really see that difference in dynamic between the two family members in this scene. Because the dad is just like cheery and happy that his daughter, in his mind, is back to him. And he's got no grief for the person who was just been lost and um and he also has zero understanding of the impact that that would be having on Sakta he just thinks that his feelings are going to be the same as Sakta's like oh she's back now we can like not worry about it anymore um and it's just too much for Sakta so he runs out of the hospital and uh, runs down the street and as he's running down the street you see the blood of his shirt of the three scars across his chest start appearing again and he collapses and he is a big old mess um when Shoko his first love and his mentor um all of a sudden appears in her adult form because throughout this entire time the only time that you've experienced her other than in flashbacks has been in her child form when she's come to check up on the white cat that was found under the tree on the rainy day um and she's now her like teenage form again um and uh she takes him home and bathes him well not bathes him he gets in the bath and she's outside the door but like basically she ran the bath and because he's distraught like he is emotionally destroyed um and uh as he is in the bath she is talking to him about um uh his like about the fact like he feels guilty that he didn't do enough for his sister and she starts talking about the fact that that's not how his sister felt about the situation and so while all that's going on like shoko gets kaide's notebook and starts mm-hmm. reading all of the entries out of it because it shows mm-hmm. that Sakuto was the one who got Kaede that notebook whenever it was her first day home from the hospital. Yeah. And he's like, write whatever you want to in it. And so it starts off being a like diary, essentially. And she's like, it's my first day home. Like My brother bought me this movie of or this panda documentary. And it's like, mm-hmm. maybe this is something that Kaede-san would have liked. And so but she's like, mm-hmm. so... It's, she's like, everything's weird, everything's off, but my brother is the only one who understands me and is willing to give me a chance. And so that explains, like, the whole, like, I can't necessarily call this a sister complex because it's not. No. I mean, it kind of comes across that way at first, but then you get to this point, it's just like, wow, like, that is, like, that is something. Yeah, well, as soon as you start understanding that, the only person that she's ever really interacted with until uh, Sakura starts dating mine and she starts coming over and then his other friends come over because obviously like he doesn't have friends he's been isolated for the past two years as well because of the incident because everyone thinks that he like sent three people to the hospital and so he's only the only two friends are, are science girl and basketball boy but um uh Rio was not interested in going around she was based in her lab and stuck up there and um uh yama who's the the basketball like best friend dude he's always at practice and stuff so like he didn't really interact with him so for the past two years she's been living in isolation with only her brother as social interaction um and so yeah you think oh my god it's a it's a like brother sister trope thing but it's a yeah brother complex kind of thing but it's not because 
once you understand that that is the only person other than doctor's visits that she has had any interaction with and any like any kind of conversation with because she's too scared to talk to other people like she doesn't talk to them then you start to understand more as to why she was acting the way that she was acting and that it's not uh, a Mm -hmm. brother complex and so like goes through like day by day how she's feeling and then you get to the point where she like starts to get her memories back and she's like okay i'm gonna make a checklist because i don't want sakuta to have regrets and i don't want him to feel bad about all this Mm -hmm. happening to me like i want him like to be filled with nothing but happy memories about this time and so Mm -hmm. like as shoko is reading all this like he's like to him it's being read in his head as kaede and again like i'm being teary Mm -hmm. through all of this but so And then goes through the checklist, and you see the memories of it all happening, and it's all really sweet. And then Sakuta passes out and wakes up the next morning. Well, it's, it's really sweet, but also there is that moment of him completely breaking down and sobbing his eyes out. And that's the first time where you see, like, since, like, the, yeah, he's, like, he cries and screams and stuff when his chest splits open in the middle of the street. But then at this point, it's, like... He's not screaming out of frustration at that point. He's crying because he's allowing himself to grieve. Um, and that was kind of a, a good point mm-hmm. of character development. And it was also, like, I think it was just kind of a point of him, like, because this whole time, like, he's felt nothing but guilt. But I think at this point, he's like, yeah. I've got it all wrong. And, like, I shouldn't be feeling this yeah. way. And so it's just, like, a huge bundle of emotion that he just finally was able to let out and then like essentially cries himself yeah. to sleep in the bath he wakes up the next morning in bed and he's like i don't even remember how i got here and on the counter there's a note from shoko saying that she had let herself out yeah and then but after that like she was gone like she couldn't be yeah. found anywhere anything like that and he talks yeah but what yeah, well, during this time, Mai um, has, like, the reason why she wasn't the one to, like, comfort him and help him was because she's in another city um, working on the drama. Um, and she's, so she's at work. Um, and uh, after, like, he gave her a phone call, um, basically just being like, um, yeah, her memories have come back. I'm okay. It's fine. Um, and, like, very much bottling up his emotions, not expressing it. But she could hear the strain in his voice. And so she tried to rush back as quickly as she could, um, which happens to be um, for the next morning um, when he wakes up. And so Mai comes over and is comforting him about all of this. And, like, so she's, like, she's yeah. doing everything she can to be, like, what he needs and whatnot in that time. And she's... Yeah, and I think she thinks that he's going to be much more of a mess than he was. Like, he was kind of okay by that point because he'd kind of gotten it all out the night before. Um, And I think she's expecting to walk in on him being completely devastated, like being at the point that he, like, I think she's expecting to walk in on him with his chest, like, completely slashed open. One point I will say here is that when she walks in, he's shirtless, um, and his chest was literally slashed open the night before. um, And she doesn't comment on it, and it looks like his normal scar. Mm. And, like, it was even said, like, the night before, like, whenever Shoko was, like, helping him get undressed. Just a shirt, Mm. nothing else. Although Mm. she offers, he turns her down. (laughs) But she's like, okay, it's already clotted. And then, like, you see him in the bath, and it still looks like it always has. And I'm like, "Mm." 
Yeah, no, I wish they'd extended that a little bit uh, because I think that would have been a really good dynamic between Mai and him to be like, maybe she just didn't notice at first. Because, like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, she just didn't notice. That's weird. Like, he yells the door shirtless and she's just, like, so concerned that she didn't see and then she was angry at him so she didn't see. And then I was expecting them at the end when they, like, meet back up again um, uh, to mention it again for her to be, for him to, like, hug her or something and then go, like, ow. And then she's like, oh, what happened? And then she's like, he's like, oh, it's nothing. And then he, like, she, like, lifts up his shirt and sees and then she's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And, like, there was an, another moment there between them but it wasn't. It just kind of healed and that was it. So that was a, a criticism I had there. Mm. No, no, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, this 25-minute episode should have been, like, a 45-minute one. Like, it should have been a yeah. double. They could have done mm-hmm. a lot more with it, because I feel like they kind of wrapped everything up really quickly. Yeah, it does kind of rush it a little bit. But I think it almost could have been, like, they didn't think, like, they were going to get anything afterwards. Like, they didn't know they were going to make a film. Yeah, true. So that's the only thing I can think of, because they wrapped it up real quick. But yeah. But I still would have liked to have seen something with the scar because, I mean, it, it was bleeding quite profusely the day before and then he wakes up in the morning and it's it's healed and it's just, like, as it is normally. I mean, it is a show that bases around magic and stuff, but, like, the first time that his scar cut open, he was in hospital for months and now mm-hmm. he's just fine. Like, it's, I don't know. It was inconsistent. Yeah, definitely. hmm And so while Mai's over there, like, she, you know, tells him to go get dressed and while he's getting dressed, she sees the note from Shoko mm-hmm. on the counter. And so Sakata comes out of his room and it's like, you know, hey, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to spend time with you. And she's just like, what's this? And he explains to her, like, you know, she found me while I was in the street and like, you know, she was just comforting me and all this, but it wasn't anything else. And Mai just storms off, storms out the door and he tries to follow her. And he's just like, look, like, I'm really sorry about everything. She's like, no, like, those aren't the words I want to hear right now. And then elevator mm-hmm. door closes. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just see, like, Sakata being broken for, like, all day that day, like, goes to work and it's all sad and everything. Yeah, but he also kind of brushes it off in a sense of, like, he's he's upset about it, but he doesn't do anything about it. You know, he, he just kind of is like, it's... Part of his personality throughout all of this to be super accepting, you know? Something mm. happens, oh, well, that's the way that it is. I can't do anything about it. And this is where the first time that it kind of works really negatively for him. Um, because, yeah, like, when whenever somebody comes to him with a scenario, whenever he's trapped in, like, the Groundhog Day, whenever there's two of uh, Rios or whatever, like, he always just, his immediate, in like, first initial thought is just well that's the way that it is you know is what it is and that's his personality um and in this case it's the first time where you see that that aspect of his personality is actually detrimental in certain circumstances Mm. and so he just continues on life as normal but you can tell like he's not okay like he's still Mm -hmm. really down about it but he's trying his best Mm -hmm. to go through it and he gets through his work shift while also breaking everything Mm mm-hmm and so as he's leaving Denny's or whatever this show called it, Danny's, maybe, I don't know. It's Denny's. Anyway, so as he's leaving, Thodoka is waiting for him outside. And she's like, you need to go see Mai. And he's like, mm-hmm. but like, you know, she needed time. I needed time. All this other stuff. And she's like, no. She's like, she rushed all the way back to see you. And also today is her birthday. She's mm-hmm. like, how could you forget that today was her birthday? So mm-hmm. he's like, oh, shit, where is she? Like, I gotta go find her right now. Mm-hmm. And so he catches the last bullet train to 
wherever they are on her filming set and runs into her and like so they leave because they like he gets there right as they're finishing up their filming and so they're like okay we'll get you a room at the hotel hopefully but her manager like lets them off at a little pier overlook thing she's like okay y'all can have 15 minutes for a date Oh, yeah. And so, like, they have, like, a really nice touching moment, like, up there on the, uh, like, overlook thing. But Mai's also like, I'm cold, so jacket sharing trip. Yeah, it's cute. But, like, in that moment, I was expecting him to, like, flinch or something and be like, ow. And then she question it. Because mm. up until this point, like, it hadn't been brought up again. But, but then, like, they both go to, like, snuggle and he's just fine, despite the fact that less than... Yeah, 48 hours beforehand, he had three giant gashes in his chest. Like, I don't know. That makes me angry. (laughs) But, uh, which I do have a point on that kind of thought process as well, is that it could also kind of make sense. Because as Mm -hmm. they're going through life, and you know, life is getting better for Sakata and his relationship with Mai is growing and everything. Like, Mai makes a comment of, oh, hey, like, it looks like your scars are starting to go away. Mm-hmm. So maybe it could have been one of those things, like, you know. Maybe. It, yeah, they did mention that it was more shallow than the last time, but, like, I, so, I, don't, I don't know. I just like, don't, I, I kind of gave it a I pass on that. Like, I think they could have done more with it, but uh, I still kind of gave uh, it a pass because they kind I of. I didn't. <laughs> It made me frustrated while I was watching it, and that's my biggest critique on things, is, like, I I don't get mad about stuff if, while I'm watching it, I don't notice, but then when I'm going to critique, I notice, because if I'm only noticing when I'm going to like, pick it apart, then it clearly wasn't very impactful during the show. Like, it wasn't a mistake that made me think about the fact that I'm watching an anime, you know? Mm. Like, I don't want to be thinking about the fact that I'm watching an anime when I'm watching an anime. I want to just be completely involved in the story. But in that circumstance, it pulled me out of the show, and I became aware of my surroundings again, because I was frustrated at the fact that his wound just magically healed. And for me, that, that makes it a big negative, you know? If it pulls me out of the story, especially in a moment as intense as that. It's not a good trope. Not a good moment. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. I'm mad about it. Um, but, yeah, so they have a little moment of sharing a jacket, and while they're there, like, uh, Sangata apologizes, because he's like, she was literally just there to comfort me. And yeah. so my... Is like, no, she's like, no, I'm the one who needs to apologize because I couldn't be there, like, when you needed me. And she's like, as your girlfriend, that's my job. Like, that's my responsibility. And And then she also apologizes for kind of overreacting a little bit. Um, But she was just hurt and overwhelmed and everything was happening. But, like, yeah, she apologized for being, like, a little bit overreacting. And to which, like, he responds, and this was probably, like, the cutest thing out of all of it, to where he's just like, She's like, I didn't need you there for that. Like, I'm just, like, I'm truly just happy having you here with me right now. Mm. And I was like... He's very yeah, smooth. Yeah, like, it's, like, it's He's the smoothest smooth. stuff ever. It's so cute. It's great. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I, I audibly awed on that one. Yeah. Because I was sitting I there, too. like, tears I finished... in my eyes. I was like, aww. Yeah, I've got, like, little hearts drawn all over this because it's just cute. It just, I just, like, all of my notes consist of stupid drawings and notes and, like, giant things in capital letters. And that was one that got a little heart because it was freaking cute. And then, like, uh, and then, so the entire time, like, the most he's gotten out of her was a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's, yeah. so she's like, okay, 
close your eyes. And so he closes his eyes and leans in and she she just stamps on his foot again. And she's like... I know. And you were just, you're sitting on the edge of your seat like, it's finally going to happen. They're going to have their kiss. It's going to be so cute. And then, then you know, like she stamps on his foot and she's like, that's not what I was wanting. She's like, no. But she's like, I know that's what you would want. And then it like scrolls up into the sky and the ED plays and it goes through all the credits, but the credits are like showing everything that leads up to this point. And then you get one last post-credit scene and it's Sakuta and Kaede leaving the hospital, packing up their bags. Mm -hmm. And he thanks her for everything. And then she's like, I'm going to go to school. And she's like, I can do it knowing that I'm not going to be alone anymore. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's so cute. It's really cute. And then he asks her if she still likes pandas. And she's like, what? <laughs> no, it, it, it was such a really cute moment. But it is a cute it was, moment. Oh, it, was, it was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot um, as well. I really did enjoy it. I really like the psychological aspects of it. I really like the scientific explanations behind the things that were happening. Um, uh, just a couple little things that bugged me. And that was the first and only time right towards the end there where I was like drawn out of the anime because of something bugging me. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think that you would give it um, out, of, out of 10? Out of 10 anime bunnies, how many bunnies does it get? It can have a solid... Well, since you put it that way, I gotta give it either an eight or a nine because a half bunny just sounds gory and terrible. <laughs> but a half bunny. But no, like I, I give it an eight and a half. Like it, like it's not perfect by any means. The mm-hmm. storytelling to me is perfect. There's a lot of things that could have been helped by animation, so I can't take that away yeah. from the story by yeah. any means. If they had just switched the story up a little bit, if they had bumped up the animation. A good bit more. I probably would have gave it like a nine and a half. Yeah, if they had bumped up the animation and fixed that one freaking thing with the scar, I would have given it like a freaking nine and a half too. Because um, it's really good. Um, bingeability gets a ten out of ten. It's heckin' bingeable. Um, the intro and outro, uh, the OP and EP are they they're cool. Yeah, I liked the OP. It's it's rocky. It's cool. Um, but like, I'm not going to download them and listen to them. Um, so yeah, decent. Well, um, the ED the... though, I thought was excellent because I don't know if you noticed or if you did your usual you thing and skipped through it, but the <laughs> ED changed with every episode or technically every other episode. Like mm-hmm. the person that I it did... centered around was different mm-hmm. depending on who it was I did enjoy with. that. Yeah, the visuals were yeah, I like, good. I, I actually like the visuals for the OP as well. And, like, the ED was probably the most, like, visually satisfying thing as far as animation goes the entire time. Because watching mm-hmm. them, like, start walking in the daytime, and as they're walking, just the sun sets. And by the time they get to mm-hmm. whoever they're with, like, the sun's down. But just watching the sun glisten off of the water, like, I am a sucker mm-hmm. for water animation. Like, water animation yeah. is... Ugh, and as somebody who did absolutely detest the ocean in real life, like oceans in games and oceans in anime, like I am a sucker for just really good ocean animation. Oh yeah, I was playing Spyro on stream the other day, and their ocean in the Reignited trilogy is just like the same, like, like 
16 by 16 pixel square just repasted over and over again and i was so mad i was like what is this ocean you can't even call this an ocean i, I think it looks um, better with like because i had my graphics turned all the way up and right. i think it looks better, it looks better that whenever way. it's turned all the way up because i know you had some issues with like your graphics and everything not wanting to like work properly yeah yeah but i have mainly got those figured out so i think next spiral stream i'll see if i can jump them up a bit and see what that, that goes on about but anyway that's completely a different subject yeah, yeah, from what we're going on about time, but I, yeah I to... that's a different topic um yeah no is yeah um i would probably give this a seven and a half to eight out of ten um i really like the story i like the fact that it's based in science i love the psychology aspects I, th- those are interests of mine and myself. I'm not a very scientific person, but the psychology aspects was definitely very interesting. And I always love to learn more about science, even though I'm terrible at it. Um, so yeah, I did really enjoy the aspect. I thought that was super unique uh, in a way of explaining the kind of supernatural stuff that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I was irritated by the animation style for the scars. So that is like a point knocked off. That last little bit that drew me out of, like, in the final episode, it just pulled me out of the anime like they were doing so well. And right at the end, it just drew me out. And it's not like, I mean, it's it doesn't make me dislike the anime anymore. It just makes me frustrated a little bit. Um, and because of that, yeah, I had to take off a little point because it did, it drew me out of the anime. And that's, like, a, a thing that I didn't enjoy. Um, and, uh, yeah, freaking idiotic parents also annoyed me a little bit oh, yeah, so like, dad um, made me real angry like real angry because like they try and make him come off like a really good guy you know in their conversations and advice and stuff like but you just like he's a douche um oh yeah real big douche like real big douche. i do not like negative i give this dad negative 10 anime dads out of negative anime, 10 moms. anime dads out of anime moms i give anime yeah, I mean, he's just a, not a good dad. Um, and uh, But yeah, like overall, I thought it was really, really good. I definitely recommend watching it. It's incredibly bingeable. Um, and you do want to watch episode to episode to episode. So <laughs> watch it when you know that you're not going to do anything else that day. Because I guarantee you'll probably go through it in like a day or two. Uh, if you're a binger, you will binge like this. Um, the episodes are like a couple minutes longer than your stereotypical anime episodes. But set mm-hmm. aside four hours to where you're not doing anything. Because, let's face it, we all got four hours right now with everything yeah. going on. Yeah. Set aside four yeah, hours right. and just watch it. Like, Yeah, give it a watch. I realize we've been like just picking shows that we really enjoy, but because of like everything that's going on, everything getting delayed and whatnot, like, there's not a lot of just like brand new stuff to talk about outside of series. Mm-hmm. There aren't like new films that we can like go out and watch or anything like that so we're just kind of picking things that we like and are covering Mm -hmm. so like i realize we say that a lot but the reason we're picking them is because we do really like them and they are really good shows and having something that you just really like and really enjoy makes it a lot easier to talk about and makes you a lot Mm -hmm. more enthusiastic about it while you do it yeah, and we are also trying to pick things that, like, one person has seen but the other one hasn't. For instance, the Daily Lives of High School Boy and Boys and Are You Lost? I'd seen both of them, but Brad hadn't seen them until we reviewed. And for this one, Brad had already seen part of it, the first six episodes, um, but uh, I hadn't seen it at all. And I went into it completely blank. I didn't even read any kind of description on it. I just searched it on Crunchyroll and press play. 
Um, so we are trying to do things that at least one of us hasn't seen or hasn't seen all the way through so that we can have kind of a fresh perspective on it. Uh, but I also find that very interesting because I'm definitely the kind of person that after I watch something, I will rate it really highly. Like I'll love it. I'll love it. I'll love it. Rate it really highly. So it's, I'm trying to be really objective in the, in these ratings, but after I just finish watching something, I tend to rate things really high. Um, so I would actually be really interested at the end of the year, maybe to go through and tier list all of the podcasts that we did, um, that we featured shows from and, and rank them, um, on a list of, uh, uh, however many we end up doing, um, I agree. At the end of the like year. how Crunchyroll has their, like, anime awards. Like, mm-hmm. we can have, like, our podcast awards of, like, going through everything and just kind of ranking yeah. things. a year-end review. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think that some of the things that we rate super highly right now are not going to hold up um, in six months' time compared to things that we're rating then. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's really good. I enjoy it. Um, there's... It's not at all what the title makes you think that it is, and uh, it's very intellectual. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's emotional, but not in a way that is super draining. Like, for instance... Um, your Lie in April. Your Lie in April. Yeah, Your Lie in April. It was incredibly draining after I watched it. Um, I needed like a break. I needed to watch something super happy. This does cover some very serious subjects, and it does cover a lot of very deeply emotional stuff. Um, but after I finished it, I wasn't drained. I wasn't exhausted. I didn't need to watch something happy. Um, I was just like, I'm just interested. I just found it enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it was one of those things to where, like I said, I'd only seen the first five episodes. I had stopped on Mm -hmm. episode six. Mm -hmm. So rewatching it, like I of course started from episode one, but it ought to tell you like Mm -hmm. the sort of like impact that the show left on me. From mm-hmm. just watching those first five episodes, like it's always been in the back of my mind, I really need to go back and finish that whenever I have time. Yeah. And yeah. whenever we had asked, because I was trying to get everything set up and what have my VPN ready to go to be able to do Kiki's delivery service, but it was like, well, it's mm-hmm. your turn. So what ep- what anime do you want to cover? And I was like, I yeah. have just the one. <laughs> But it also goes to show the fact that you did stop after episode five. Like, if that was your lay in April, you wouldn't have stopped after episode five. You would have still made time to continue watching it prior to this. That goes to show that although it is really good of your mind to watch it, it wasn't in the forefront of your mind to watch it immediately. Well, I need to I need to go through and see what else came out around that time, because something happened. Actually, I know exactly what happened. I moved mm-hmm. to Clayton whenever that show yeah. was coming out. And the rinky-dink shitty cabin that I was staying in, I can't say it was shitty. The cabin was really nice and very well taken care of. But the internet was shit. The <laughs> internet was so bad. Although I can't say anything because also the cabin was where I first got introduced to your stream. So, hey, you know, silver lining. <laughs> yeah. But I also I also think that if it had been your line April, you would have put it further forward on your list of to watch and it wouldn't have you wouldn't have waited so long to watch it. So I think that goes to show that it is probably like a solid eight, because although, you know, it is really good um, and you do want to watch it and it stayed in the back of your mind is not at that 10. I need to consume it right now. Watch it immediately kind of thing. Well, I'm also kind of curious how it would have been with your line April had I watched it week to week. Like most mm. people would have back then on Crunchyroll mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. like I watched it on Netflix once it was fully out to where I could mm-hmm. binge it. So it's one of those things to where with this one, like I was watching it week to week for the first five mm-hmm. weeks because I was really excited whenever it came out. So I don't, 
I don't know. Like, it's really hard to compare the two whenever I didn't watch Your Lie in April week to week. So I can't, like, I literally binged Your Lie in April in a day. Like, 24 hours, I binged that show. Yeah. So I kind of, like, I don't know. You're probably right in that, like, (laughs) Your Lie in April was one of those shows. But I don't, like, I can't give a true and honest answer to that, though. Yeah, makes sense. But anyways, unless you have anything else to contribute to the conversation, we've been talking for three and a half hours. So we best wrap this up. Yeah, I legitimately thought this episode was going to go like an hour and 45 minutes. Me too. I didn't think that this was going to be a long one, but apparently we had a lot to say. We had a lot to talk about. However, I do have something to contribute to the conversation, but not about the podcast conversation. Oh. We have lovely plugs to go through, like Blue Streams almost every day between Monday through Saturday from 8 to you stream till 10 now right sometimes like 11 yeah so yeah between, it's it's kind of debated between two and three hours yeah between 8 to 10 to 11 mountain standard time 10 to 1 a.m for me in eastern standard time whatever works whatever time zone you're in you can whatever do time math zone you're in. i'm too lazy um, to do it even though math mm-hmm. is my favorite subject you can find her at twitch.tv forward slash blue lavender instagram yeah i will also just do what Oh, I'll just throw my two cents there that my schedule may be changing recently because um, Brad and I have recording for these podcasts to do. Who would have ever thought that we have to record and edit these? <gasps> no, they just magically appear. Um, and uh, uh, because of that, <laughs> because of that, my schedule may be changing um, on Twitch. Um, and I may be taking a day after in the week specifically for podcast recording time uh, because, you know, day jobs and stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah. But then you can also find her on Instagram and the Twitter at Blue Lavender STM. Like I said, with an mm-hmm. A, not an E. Mm-hmm. Lavender. And then I stream sometimes. I don't know. Like my stream schedule is an absolute shit show right now. I might stream. Yeah, we one just day moved. I might stream six mm-hmm. days a week. Actually, I won't go back to that. That's too much right now. I've got it's, way it's too much going on. Yeah, well, you just literally moved. So well, I moved back saying, up. like, hey, like, I'll have more time to do all these things and stream and whatnot. And then I get moved back and I'm like, I've gained a no, social well, life. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, you can find Brad at uh, twitch.tv uh, slash breadcuttergaming. Um, and then you're also on the socials um, at Bradcast Gaming as well, although you don't have a Twitter. Uh, listen, Twitter had to get burned with fire. However, I am the main one that runs the at BNB anime Twitter account. Mm-hmm. So you can... Although I did tweet twice today from it. <laughs> Look at you go. I think you legitimately tweeted more than I have. <laughs> And yeah, you normally account. just tweet out when the new episodes come out, don't you? And we are trying to be more active on our socials for the podcast, so drop us a follow. Um, also, like I did mention before, um, our website has recently had a big old glow up. So, um, yeah, if you want to check that out, uh, go uh, drop us a follow over on the website um, and uh, check it out because it looks all pretty and um, it's it's nice now. Um, and that also has all of the all of the links for the social media and all of our um, prior episodes um, and uh, yeah, uh, contact information and all of that kind of jazz. Um, is right on there. So if you want to send us an email um, to give us a recommendation for um, a future episode 
or um, tell us that we're beautiful people, we will also take that as well. <laughs> I'm accepting all compliments, just saying. All and compliments. Also, constructive criticism, not not just being a jerk. We, we Please don't, don't like be jerks. Hateful. I'm the only one allowed to be a jerk here. <laughs> yeah, he's so mean. Can't you tell? I'm being held at gunpoint against my will. Mm. Yeah, at gunpoint with my like consent consensually at gunpoint like what what was my uh, what was my thought process there on clarifying that it was against my will <laughs> I just, i'm being held consensually at gunpoint <laughs> yeah consensually at gunpoint with like what a thousand or two thousand miles between us right yeah it's a real long gun it's like <laughs> it's it's not even that it's got a long range the gun is just long <laughs> It is it's a pistol with like, it's a pistol with like um those pool tubes. What are the pool uh, noodles? It's just got like loads of pool noodles taped to the front of it, um, and it's just stretching all the way across America and into Canada, um, and just uh, just so that you can get the perfect angle um, to fire that bullet. I'm now gonna need art of this. I'm gonna have to make art of this <laughs> at some point. But anyways, we're going to stop rambling. So thank you guys so, so much for listening. We do very much appreciate it. And we will be back next week, hopefully with Kiki's delivery service, if everything all works out. But if not, it'll be a sports anime. So get excited if you're a sports kind of person like me um, and Brad, actually. Brad did a lot of sports as well. Um, so yeah, because that's, that's going to be happening. Um, and yeah. Yeah, that is it. So thanks for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all are the best. And we will catch y'all next week. Bye-bye. Bye.